when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Jugo, what was that word nope, from before? We are good, and you're not saying it. <laughs> I could Jugo, uh, JoJo's. A uh, JoJo's. Uh, so I could Jugo. Jo. My sorry, my Twitter display name was it was me Austin, and half my my Twitter followers thought it was a. Wrestling. Is it wrestling? Is, is it, it JoJo? Anime? But the thing is, it's both. They're the same. They're the same. Thing. They're extremely the same thing. Are we? Are we on the internet? Wait, so I could Jugo. Jo. It was me as a reference to like the two. It was me Austin. Two. It was me. Oh, it was one is it, it, it was me Austin. And one is it was me. Awesome. Except that one's actually, but it was me, Dio. Oh, and it's like, you thought JoJo would be your first kiss, but it was me, Dio. It was me, Dio. Who was like, he's like a vampire, but yeah. also like a, he can make time stop. Okay. JoJo's wild. That does sound a little weird. Yep. I got you go, Funny thing is, if that plot had gone a different way, Stone been the Cold could have been running WWE right now. Yeah, right? it could have been, could have been that lady's first kiss. Yeah. Also, Vince McMahon could have been a vampire. All that stuff I'm is not, true. I'm not convinced he's could have. I mean, yeah, maybe he is. I, yeah, fucking come I, on. Mm, true. I saw that man survive a this car computer bombing. not turn off. Power options, high performance. That's me. Uh, search in it the corner never. for search in the corner. For, oh, uh, it's on never already. We're not so, plugged in, right? Oh, we are plugged in. We're plugged in. I turn this to never. Yeah, we know how we know how the internet works. Also, computers. Wow. Are we still unfocused? Uh, no, we're not we're on focus. We're in focus. Oh, wait, so we're being streaming. Focus. We're being we're on the internet. Okay. I just made a tweet. That's not what it looks like. over this. Oh, I just made a, a I just quoted. You I just quoted or you tweeted? You make oh, up your mind. I don't like, stop saying tweeted. I just got, well, you get, you, no, you, you tweet, but you get quoted. I like it the other way. Tweet is, you everything sounds like. Oh, I woke up this morning. Oh, oh man, yeah. I got twoted. It's better, better to be twoted Oh, <laughs> I look over to my left. Oh, I got twoted that's, last, that's night. last night. Wait, when, so when is Twitter that someone quote tweets you or something? Twitter. Or tweets <laughs> like... That's going to be the vernacular. I don't think there's an answer to what it is. I'm Austin Walker. What's good, internet? Welcome to Waypoint. The internet's bad. It's me, Austin! That's not... It was me all... And we're joined by Ethel Mervis. Like, you can't... She can't say it out loud. Oh, God. It's day two of E3. Is it? Day five oh, wait, for how us. Is that possible? Yeah, don't how, say that. Uh, you're right. It's day. What do Six. you call it? Do you count EA play as day one? Yes. yes. It's day five. It's day five. Yeah. It's Saturday, five. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Is that how days work? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's day five. It'll be three. You're not, not confident about it, but I've said it's true. It's Sabado, Domingo, Lunes, Martes, Miércoles. Okay. Do it in another language. Nope. Japanese. Come on. No, I don't know it. I don't know the days in Japanese. Right, yeah. right. Uh, we saw some games today. We're back. Waypoint is back. Coming to you live from a different part of this weird... You don't even know where we are. Don't even tell them. 
Where You'll never know. There's a red door back there that scares me. Yeah. A little bit. Where should we start today? Oh, we should start with, I saw Beyond Good and Evil 2. Wow. Yes. Did you? Yeah. Well. Yeah, let's see. Did okay. you? I saw. Okay. What'd you see, Austin? I saw Michelle and Cell. That's not I Beyond saw, Good and Evil 2. I saw Gabriella, whose last name I forget. Who was like the story lead on the game, or uh -huh. like the story designer on she the game? She came out also with Michelle on stage, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yes, I saw a couple other core people of the team. They walked me through a bunch of concept art um, that was on the walls. They kind of oh. tried to recreate. They're like, mm -hmm. we want to recreate this room that we have in in France, where it's like we've been slowly over the course of years putting concept art up. You have to take those glasses off. Well, if we, if we put up enough concept art, it becomes a game. I hate this. Uh, and oh wait, we'll only take the glasses off if you call us senpai. Senpai, senpai, take your fucking glasses off. Give me another turn. Sensei, Patrick okay. Sensei, Patrick <laughs> Sensei. Uh... Pat Poon. Okay, keep keep them. Um, no, no, uh, put them uh, back on. Uh, so I don't want to see it. After everything I've heard about this, from so I did see. Are we clear? Well, the thing that's weird is we, I heard from somebody else a pitch for this game. But then they did not give me that thing. In fact, I asked questions about it. I was with you when yeah, that, that happened. Yeah, that is not what... Okay. Hmm. Okay, so... Let's not... walk through what they mm -hmm. told me, and then yep. we'll talk about what somebody else told us. Yeah, and okay. that's wrong. Yep, okay. Uh, so Good. what they told me was, this is going to be an action-adventure with some RPG mechanics, progression. You're going to have a spaceship. You're going to recruit crew to, to your spaceship by doing missions in the world. You're going to do things like bust the hybrid people who are like half-animal, half-human out of slave ships. You're going to like... Go to weird temples. You're going to do all the stuff that you imagine is happening in an action-adventure, 3D action-adventure game. Right. Uh, slash RP with some RPG elements. Yeah. So you're going to take photos of mm -hmm. the world, like, as in Beyond Good and Evil 2. Or Beyond, Beyond Good and Evil 1. Um, but you're not Jade. You're not. It's a prequel. Right. It takes place in a different star system. Um, okay. It takes place... Is Jade in it? Jade's, Jade's parents are probably going to be in it. Okay, that's so it's early enough that, like, oh, okay, all right. I believe, that's what my guess is. Mm -hmm. It's like before, they, they kind of talked about how they wanted the world to be less fantastical. Like, so in, in Beyond Good and Evil 1, hybrids exist in the world. They right. never talk about hybrids. They never say, like, why are there hybrids in this world? Oh, okay. And this all is right. like, oh, because the corporations needed slave labor. Done, obviously. So they, they used CRISPR to build half-human, half-people. If you don't know what CRISPR is, look it up. It's like yeah. weird DNA tech that's hot right now. Uh, gene tech. Um, now all this is the pitch that they... I'm giving you the pitch that you may have already been able to intuit from the, the, trailer, the yeah. trailer. Which is like, oh, okay, it's an action adventure, blah, blah, blah. What they didn't pitch you is they build a universe using a combination of authored content and procedural generation. Now most of it's going to take place in a single solar system or a couple of solar systems. Okay. Limited number. But the planets are big. They, okay. There are cities that are massive in scale. That were a combination of procedurally generated and handcrafted. Okay. There will be a number of cities on a planet that are connected by huge highways. Uh -huh. And they kind of pitch the game as existing on three levels or three scales. From, you know, you're the, the you make your own character. First of all, there's not an author character. You make your own character. You recruit some of the characters that you see in the, the trailer. Uh, and, you know, the, the small scale, that's like I'm getting noodles at a noodle shop with one of those NPCs. I'm taking a photo that I took to one of the world's NPCs and saying, what do you recognize in this photo? Or like, where can I find this man? Or right. how, how do I get into this building? And an NPC, all the NPCs will know stuff about the world. Um, all the city is full of NPCs. It's very ambitious. I don't understand. Then the higher level is the city level. That is like, 
you're racing through the city streets and like on a, on a heist or whatever. On the higher level is the planet level where you're running, you're getting stuck in the desert because you ran out of fuel. Mm-hmm. The highest level is then you're in space. You're on a mothership in space and it's filled with your crew and you're busting people out of asteroid prisons and you're doing all the stuff. Now that stuff will all be designed. None of that will be proc gen, right? Like okay. that's the thing to understand. The, the, the way I had to wrap my head around this game was, it took me a bit, but this is the, the best and most realistic and skeptical pitch I can make is, Imagine that you had, and this is me working, this is me filtering what they told me uh, in, into something that sounds like a more coherent pitch. Mm-hmm. What if you took the regular levels that you've played in a Beyond Good and Evil or in a character action game okay. or in uh, a, you know, a, an open world action game or a, a kind of a prestige, Naughty right. Dogs, whatever right. you want to think about, and placed them in a larger open world? And the thing that really made it click for me is at one point so I was seeing this I was seeing this demo with Marty Silva from IGN. Mm-hmm. And we were both kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? Right? At one point Marty straight up said, like, why do you hate yourselves? This is the weirdest way to do this. This is the hardest way to do this. Because they went in and they started with zero lines of code. This is on a new engine. This mm-hmm. is on an engine they've built from the ground up that they've been working on for three years. That it's like all about trying to get this sense of scale. And we were both like, why would you do this? Mario Odyssey is, is trying to do a, a bunch of different places. And they just, you go to a bunch of different places and it's <laughs> self-contained. Yeah, yeah. Why do this? And they said, well, we wanted to make a game that's about the journey. And we wanted to make a game about speed and scale. And so what they showed us was like, yeah, the city's really big. But guess what? In this ship, we can go anywhere from 10 kilometers an hour to 20,000 20, kilometers an hour. Where you're just speeding over it. And in that moment, I realized that the, the notion was that they want to make a world that is texture to authored sequences. So you want the notion of like, I'm doing a heist and I bust out the window of the heist. And I get, you know, chased through like the Fifth Element style cyberpunk mm-hmm. city streets with flying cars all over the place. It takes a lot to build that city. Yeah. And to organically do it. Or it ends up being like a Ratchet and Clank thing where like, okay, you're not really exploring. You're not really trying to escape through city streets. You're just going down a path, right? And they're like, no, we wanted to make it so that you could do the actual escape and then get to your spaceship that's on the roof somewhere and then fly off into space. And so they did that. And it doesn't matter that there's nothing in a lot of those buildings. Those buildings are basically building-shaped mountains or something, right? Um, Or some of those buildings will have stuff in them. It's absurd. And and I'm really glad they didn't make that pitch to the public with their trailer Mm -hmm. because we would be immediately in a No Man's Sky situation. I'm here to tell you... Bring your skepticism. I, yeah. I now, already feel in a no man's sky situation. Well, there's another I call bullshit on all of that. There's another. Well, I, I call bullshit on it being the way I would do it. I would not build a. I would not build a. Okay, planets orbit planets in this game. They built the world of a like. There's a day night cycle. I'm just saying, just show me. Like, I showed, I no, 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 they showed me this. I know, but that's know, not showing. I know, me. I know, but but what I'm saying is like they set out to do it this way from the beginning. Okay. It's not yeah. like. It's not like they took. It's not like they took. But why talk about that before you can say like here well, it is? Because what they're doing is open development. They when they have that thing that says, "Hey, come uh, join us, be a space monkey, monkey for us, right. help us develop this game." What they mean is, you can become. I don't know how, what we, they have not figured out what the uh, way to become part of that is. I don't know if there's going to be a money thing. I don't know if it's just you sign up and you become a beta backer. Or not a beta backer. They're calling them prototypes. A prototype level backer. Where they will straight up say like, alright, here is a monkey character in our open world. Tell us what you think of the animation. Here is a new ship design. What do you think of these ship designs? 
every step of the way, it's going to be super transparent to where here's just a new collection of buildings for you to look at. Here's just a, a, the, a punching model. Here's what it looks like to punch now. And so in some ways, it's the anti-No Man's Sky, where in No Man's Sky, they created hyper-crafted, very carefully designed trailers that presented an idealized version of that game. Sure. Most of what was in those trailers ended up in the main game, but were spread out into tiny little bits that were not, that never cohered to present the effect of the trailer. Right. And it was radio silence between those very handcrafted trailers. Right. Here, what they're saying is, you're right, this sounds ridiculous. Help us do it. Watch us do it. If we fall apart, you're going to see us falling apart. And I respect that. And also wonder how anything, how, I, I am very skeptical. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I am going to live stream my decision to take this steamship across the Panamanian Isthmus. Right. And we're all going to be part of this journey together. And we're going to see how this goes. Like this, this all sounds bad. Like none gonna, of this sounds, sounds good. Not to us, but I think I, it's probably yeah. exciting. It's probably exciting for a lot of fans out there. I think it's really like, exciting for that team. And here's the here's the case I'm going to make. Those that team has made really good games. That game has just come up with two really strong Rayman games, which are literally two <laughs> D platformers, right, which are literally you the better, opposite. You better, right? right. Eh. No, no, but listen. And also, they I tried, want. I Beyond Medieval was one of my they, favorite games. They tried like, to make this game in 2007. They said they right. Yeah, they leaked footage. And yeah. you know why they they killed it? Because it was bad. Because what they wanted to this is what they pitched us was like we wanted to make a game that that had a sense of scale, that had a sense of place. The technology wasn't there yet. It wasn't just the technology wasn't there yet. It's like we wrote a story and then we tried to make that story into a game. We tried to do the thing that people in games never do, which is go story first. And it fell apart because the tech wasn't there because we weren't good enough at it. And it just didn't, it wasn't going to come together. I'd rather them, I, I really said to Marty on the way out, was like, I'll take 10 No Man's Skies over a third Rayman game that's pretty good. Sure. So, or 10 Terra, this could all fall apart. I think I'd rather them get that blank check or, or get the ability to develop an engine from the ground up for three years and like show me some dope concept art and who knows. But like I'm not saying give them money. I'm saying I'd rather the world have this in it than not. I'm having two really divided reactions here. One is that this does sound like ridiculously unworkable. It yep. is a Fitzcarraldo apocalypse now type yep. situation. I mean, like, and I am excited to hear that someone's like swinging for those fences. Mm -hmm. This is like, man, imagine if this connects. Imagine if they really get under that and like nail it. This this is amazing. But then the other thing that I remember is that Beyond Good and Evil isn't a ridiculously big, ambitious, sweeping game. Nope. Beyond Good and Evil is a handful of really sharply drawn characters and settings. Yep. And sort of taking like Zelda-ish mechanics and like letting you play through that. Yep. And so when I thought like, boy, I would love to do that again. What I wasn't thinking was, I wish there was an entire world inside <laughs> that bar that played that sweet-ass propaganda song. And also yeah, another world yeah, above yeah. that world. Yeah. And another world above that world. Yeah, like they just have to be like, oh, here's the, the gas giant with the rings that you're rotating around right now, and it has two other moons you could go visit. I don't even remember there being like that much like interstellar travel. They're hoping, the right, because you were on like, a planet, right? Yeah, and so like it, it's kind of like this sounds really cool. It also no longer sounds like Beyond Good and Evil too. Like right. it sounds like, right. Star, it sounds like Star Citizen. Right. And you know what? Yes, I, yes, don't, yes, I, yes, don't, yes. I don't. I don't want that. It feels at like all. so. It's a team of fifteen people. They said. Oh well, that's tiny. even more encouraging. And it is. They when I talked to them about it, there was a sense that they were bored of other stuff. This is a group of people who've shipped a bunch of games 
and who didn't want to ship another game like the sorts of games that they've been shipping. And I'm not here to be like, I'm not here to be like, yo, I'm yo, I'm not here to be like, yo. It's kind of like a middle yo. It's like a. It's like a maybe yo. it's gonna be a yo. Yo. I just badly want to know the internal politics of Ubi too. that led to like there's all those Raymond games where it was like, all right, Michelle, once more onto the breach, and then maybe this time, and then somehow he does yeah. swing this internal battle where he's like, all right. Also, I want to make this game, but here's what it's going to be now. Right. So my my one of my thoughts on this is like this is a tech team that is building a new engine from the ground up. This could be a disaster. This could never ship. This could, or it could be Fortnite, which is like it ships in seven years, but it's the thing that develops the engine for the next generation of Ubisoft open world ridiculous games. Because I bet. So here's one of the things that they showed happening, right? That I could see used in a much smaller, more focused game. At one point in real time, they just started changing huge size, uh, huge craters that you were, could stand in. There's huge, massive size. And it's like, oh, this is happening in real time, and according to what they're saying, who knows, it's very efficient. The, the engine has been, has been designed to do huge, real-time geographic changes that are, that are totally just doable in the middle of a mission, in the middle of a gunfight, in the middle of whatever. Maybe Beyond Good and Evil 2 never ships, but I bet you that tech eventually filters down into a Tom Clancy game where you're running through a city and the city starts blowing up and the geometry changes and the earthquake happens and suddenly there's a huge underground tunnel. I don't know why that team needed to go public with this outside of a morale boost, but maybe they really needed a morale boost. I don't know. That's also, the maybe they'll be too. asking for help sooner than we think. No, I think that'll be this year. I think they're going to ask for help this year, um, start showing those prototypes and... It's not a game. I want to be super clear. What they're showing so far is spaceships flying around. And you, then you get out of that big spaceship. The big spaceship opens up and there's a little spaceship. And you fly out of that little spaceship. And there's a point in the demo where they just like, he wanted to hop out. He wanted to hop into like the, the person size mode, which is like a little monkey with a jetpack. And he did that and hopped out of the ship and then realized that he parked his ship vertically. <laughs> and then it would be hard to get back into the ship. Um, and so... I don't know, but don't mm. expect it to be a focused, polished game anytime soon. I don't, I don't think, unless it's the biggest turnaround we've ever seen in gaming. Unless yeah. that goes from a studio. This is Ubisoft. They don't ship a game without six hundred people touching it. And this is a team of fifteen. Like it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not what you want. Were you a big fan? Yeah, this is not what I wanted. What did you want? Like what you would expect from Beyond Good and Evil Two. Yeah. Just like another one of those games in so, the world. Yeah. The thing that I heard from somebody else today was like, oh, the people are gonna design the world. Touch like I don't want don't And that's not I don't happening. Want I want to be clear, use, that is yeah, not we heard that from another source, and I was like, wait, so are people gonna like make stuff for the game? Are they gonna mod? Like are they gonna create spaces? And they were like, that would be the most extreme version of what we're talking about. Probably it would be cool, but that's not a goal. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't know what else is being reported about that, but in my experience with this, my demo, they were like, nah. Right. Um, right. right. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm sorry. Godspeed. I'm sorry. You want to put the glasses back on so you can like <laughs> yep, just cry. cry? Get a little, get a little cry. I just, I'm, I'm cynical, and I, although Michelle and Sal is the opposite of cynical, yes. I just, I want to be clear, I also didn't get a Molyneux pitch. They were promising that they had ambition and that they wanted to try a thing. Right. And that it might be really fucking messy. Yep. They were not promising me the world. 
I mean, there probably should be a bunch of worlds connected to the solar system. <laughs> also, part of the reason it. is that it is antithetical to everything that Ubisoft as a company represents, which yep. makes me deeply skeptical of their ability to pull it off, politically to like, pull it the, off. Like, like have I, the support I, structures I, they I need, the infrastructure. I don't mean to be deeply cynical, but like, right. feels like the closest you get to a crowdfunding pitch from like a publisher. It's yeah. like, help us build this shit because they won't give us the resources. Right. And, to and, and, and like, here's the thing I'll say. I'll say too is like I said concretely, what do you mean by you want support? And they did not say we want money. Even so, I, I, just, I want to be I clear. If that, that happens later, this is me saying. I don't saying, think it'll happen. I don't think that either. That's but happen. if it does, or if they start taking money for for me, here's the thing: is like, what's the difference between between crowdfunding uh-huh. and if they start taking money to become a space monkey that gives you access to prototypes? I think it's different. Why? Because if I join it, there are Kickstarters. I backed dual gun, dual some bullshit. That's a mech game. Because you're 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 actually tangibly buying into something, right? Like it's one thing if like you're crowdfunding and like, hey, this game might show up no, in no, three no, years. No, no, what I'm saying is, but I've backed games before on Kickstarter. We're like, oh, here's a here's a backer right. Tell us what you think. So what's the difference between that and if I pay to become a space monkey to get access to prototype things? Well, because you're, I, I at least from a major publisher perspective, yeah, it's like yeah, if I'm yeah. paying access and then I'm getting immediate access to a thing. I think that. But is I do different. that on Kickstarter all the time. That's backing. That's not like, you know what I mean. I'm still saying it's bad. I'm saying, but like, okay. when it's a major publisher who have are tangibly has access, they can fund this game. Ubisoft can right, fund right, 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 this right. game. So I'm saying, if if you are putting money into it, you it, you're not you shouldn't put money into pure promise. Your promise is that I put back something and then maybe it shows up three years. Like Shenmue 3, right? Like you're backing something, but then that game maybe ships eventually. This is me saying I don't think think that's I'm not going to do either. I don't back back video games on Kickstarter. I'm not going to back this, like even though I really want this thing. But I'm saying if I'm someone that's excited, I think there is a tangible difference between backing a a, a bet. And this is still a bet, but at least you... If you're getting because access to you heard the pitch things. I just said. I know. None I'm, of us I, were I'm not giving any money to this thing. Okay. Eh, we'll see. So. Jade's not in it as far as I... I don't know. There's someone with green eyes. Jade yeah. has green eyes. Sure. Jade's name is... I actually don't know. Does Jade have green eyes? No. Okay. I don't think so. Like you're an expert, so... <laughs> what else did people see? Rob, you saw... Should we just do Wait, it? Let's just Wait, do it. Let's, just, let's just jump in. Let's just All jump right. in, please. First right. off, can we start off by reading the tweet? <laughs> Can we start by reading the tweet? What, which tweet? Do you have it in front of you? I just want to start this off by reading the tweet. Are you totally mm-hmm. excited about tweet? Or? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, wait. I yes. don't know. Anyway, either way. Yes. I think we're going to read that tweet. Okay. Rob, can you just set this up broadly? When did you set up this demo? This appointment? It was like months ago? Weeks uh, ago? Weeks ago. And you thought like, boy, that sounds like a cool thing. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. Like, uh, David Martinez over at Raw Fury, uh-huh. uh, who I have known for... A number of years he used to handle uh, some PR for Paradox. And that studio um, just published uh, Tormentor X Punisher, uh, a great top down twin stick shooter that also Pixelated had an boat. accidental Goatsy reference. Yeah. Oh, a- wow. Accidental. Same Add it up, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You um, don't have to go and Google <laughs> Yeah, they're having an interesting month, aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> so, um, here, let me do this. Uh huh. The whole internet loves Milkshake Duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you the duck is racist. What? what? So what did you see today, Rob? Unrelated. We're not making any specific <laughs> Completely unrelated to the tweet. That would be uh, actionable in, in a legal court. Well, to be fair, uh, Dan Martinez over at Rob Fury did sort of chuckle before showing you. He was like, 
Uh, you know, I didn't realize that my week was going to be that we would have the fastest milkshake dock uh, in history. So, like, you know, they're owning it. Uh, they're wearing it. Uh, I saw the last night uh, from Raw Fury. Uh, Publisher Wall. Which, which, like, prior to realizing mm, a lot of things, that is a great trailer. Yeah. Oh, Great God. Trailer. Very pretty. I, I feel Incredibly like it was one of the trailer. games I was the most excited for out a lot of the of Xbox people. showcase. A lot of people. I remember sitting next to Austin and going like, God yo. damn. Yeah, a yo. Yo's were said. Sometimes you say a yo, here's, here's, and you wish it was a yo-yo so you could bring it back. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Just saying. So I'm pretty we, good with, at this. So. This might actually come back all the way around to like you being a little more interested in that game. Uh, before before we're done here. Okay. Well, well, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying Yeah, no. so has done Kathy Rain. They've done uh, Tormentor X Punisher. Yep. Uh, they They're did relatively Kingdom. new. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, the, you know, they've got a short list of games they worked on, mm-hmm. but they, they've generally Didn't done they do pretty Garner? good. They did Garner. Yeah, awesome. that was a real good game. So, then they, so they reached out a while back, uh, a few weeks ago, and said, can't tell you what this game is, but it looks really, really cool. They showed. They sent me a couple stills that were like, you know, yep. deliciously cyberpunky, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it was in the Xbox showcase, and everyone, the entire internet, uh, went yo, yeah. what a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. <laughs> uh, and well, I mean, before that, people were super excited. Like yes, before that, like that game, the last night had like basically been the most mentioned game out of that. Out of that, it, it was, was so it was, it was the indie, like and usually those indie like the, the right. most thing you can hope for as a publisher that publishes small games that are part of these like indie mm-hmm. montages. You become the game to go. Right. Everyone goes ah. Oh, okay, what yeah. was that? What cup? What cuphead? Yes, yeah. that I want to play that. Like yeah. I saw nine volt tweet like oh my god oh my god so this good. game looks so good and it was like a gif and it had like five hundred retweets and then, and then, the then he tweeted tweet. another and then the third tweet was. Oh no! Yeah, it was really good. And and the reason it's oh no is because uh, during during sort of peak Gamergate, this guy sort of jumped on those hashtags, the Gamergate hashtag, the Not Your Shield hashtag, Mm -hmm. and started uh, sort of opining about gamer culture Uh and protecting it, and And also being extremely anti-feminist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, let's not. I don't want to dress it up before we get into this. He said shit that was bad. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and. Said that he believed things that I think are politically toxic and yeah. dangerous. So now, how was the interview? I think he believes things that are bad. Okay, <laughs> no. Um, so to be fair, like to to, to be to, to paint a picture uh, here for a second. Um, so his name is uh, Tim Sorrett, mm-hmm. and this may not sur- this may not surprise you at all, given the way that game looks and sort of the aesthetic and where it's coming from. Uh, before this, he used to be a graphic designer who did a lot of like branding work. I can see that, uh, and that sort of thing. So, like that's that's one reason why it's such a striking uh, you know, ad- ad- advertisement. Let uh, you know, that makes world. a lot yeah. of yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 Um, he also comes across very much like a little bit of a deer in the headlights. Yeah, like I bet. like you know, the, I, when I asked him specifically about, so he was sort of going on about how the story of this game is uh, a character sort of gets sucked into something uh, that he doesn't really understand the full consequence and people play on his alienation and his life goes in this downward spiral, which I thought provided a great segue <laughs> uh, to, oh, he said, and the game world remembers your actions. Oh, does it? <laughs> 
And so I was like, okay. Twitter so, will remember that. So speaking of uh, unintended consequences and being sort of accidentally radicalized into a movement you didn't understand, uh, let's let's talk about the uh, the Gamergate tweets. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's tough to say. You can't read someone's intent or anything like that. Like everyone is sorry once they're called out on something, right? Like, right. It's, it's I very, mean, he had the one tweet. Yeah, and he, you know, he's quick to say like he condemns harassment, uh, and he's also just to give him to, to write a little more context. He's also English as a second language. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, he does not express himself uh, in a particularly nuanced uh, fashion. And so for him, uh, a lot of things I think come out blunter than maybe he necessarily intends. On the other hand, he's a very recognizable, you know, per- sort of personality. Uh, he's a smart, fairly, uh, I think, naive person who hasn't thought a lot of things through, mm-hmm. but thinks somehow that he's kind of entitled to just sort of weigh in on whatever. And so even in the interview, He's he's sort of like. I was point out he's twenty four. He's twenty four. So three years ago he was twenty one. Yeah, not again. I'm not setting any of the. Yeah, yeah old enough to know better. better. And yet. Yeah. 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 Well, I have said I said shitty things too. I was also old enough to know better. Exactly. Right. I'm, just, I'm just letting yeah, people know yeah. he's not like a thirty five year old guy. Yeah. Like, sure. 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 And he did say like so for him, and this is maybe something that I've never fully, I've never fully gotten this part. But for him, he said like during when that whole thing blew up. He was like, I felt like the gamer identity was under such attack. And then what's changed in the last few years for him is that that became sort of foundational movement for the alt-right, which legitimately does scare the shit out of him. Now, there's those of us who witnessed that, those of us who saw that, and knew people going through, like, the, the, the shittiest of the yeah. shit, are not surprised by that at all. Like, it, it's kind of this, like, how did you not see who, we, who was lining up, who you were lining up behind? Uh, but nevertheless, that's sort of where he's ended up with some of this. Well, but does that reflect in the game? Or does the game's pitch that was up on Steam as of a couple of days ago still reflect the shitty politics that he has? That are not just shitty politics in the sense that I think of a different tax rate. I, I think a different tax rate is is better for society. That awesome. You know what? Like I, I have lots of differences with people about small policy changes, about big policy changes. Mm-hmm. But the pitch for that game is fundamentally that if people are well taken care for, that if people are, are this is again, this is based on the Steam uh, description that was up a couple of days ago, that it's a world in which a, a basic income has been provided for people and in which that removes their notion of creativity and that now the the it's been a hyper you know feminists have taken over uh, things are have the, the uh, level of creativity no. has has been that wasn't in the steam description that's that's one of that's one of those shitty tweets i think he left years ago oh you're right that was him my saying game my game is sorry yeah. that's that's better is him saying my game is yeah I, both of those things yeah. i think deserve to be under scrutiny they yeah. deserve yeah. to be mentioned like absolutely yes, but, like, right. it was that wasn't part of the right. pitch where, totally. yeah but a game in which uh, for me a game in which uh, the the core concept is without being broken under the heel of capitalism, creativity will not flourish, is something that, that for me is like up there with the sorts of beliefs that lead to the oppression of people. And I'm not saying that that game is going, but it, 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 is, it is eulogizing a world in which competition was the heart of creativity, and I'm yeah. glad we're moving away from that world. I'm glad that we're moving into a world in which people are able to support each other and are allowed to, to 
find ways to produce art that uh, doesn't necessarily push through the traditional system. So we got into that too. Okay. Uh, long interview. Yeah, so, I bet. So he was also kind of defensive about that, where he was like, it's not that I'm against like universal basic, basic income. Mm-hmm. When he explained it, now I don't know how much of this is him reacting to sure. people sort of calling him out. Right. But when he explained this, what he's trying to get at is it's this sort of like Wally, Wally, uh, not, not yeah, Wally yeah, yeah. World, like National Lampoons, but right, Wally. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, Wally World. Uh, this, has been, this has been a bit of a National Lampoon. So, yeah. Uh, so for him, it's less about like universal basic income and more that it's a society driven entirely by uh, leisure and distraction. Right. And for him, like, so one of the things that he relates to is this idea that like, so the game he just created, he said like, in, in this world that like I'm talking about, like if I show my game at noon on Monday, right. by 10 that night, there's five clones that have been generated by machines. And the games are functionally identical. So, like, what does creativity uh, even mean in a world that, like, they've automated, like, automation has replaced just about any human function you can name. And that's kind of bizarre for him to just co-opt the, like, the the, the, the political term. Because, like, like, what are you expecting, right? Like, you can still make that game without saying universal basic income. Like, because that's, because the moment you invoke that, that's when, you're saying a different thing. You're saying a different thing. Like, no one's going to disagree with you. Like, the idea of, like, machine learning, automation is, is going to have, like, unintended consequences yeah, that could yeah. have an impact on creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Absolutely. I'm on board. Yeah, I'm afraid for my job 20 years from now. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I'm a writer. I think we're going to get there with automation. I really do. Right. Like, that's not... Tell me that story, but like, well, they, like, they they like I think it's like transcribe my interviews. Like okay, I might right. be okay with that part. That's how they get in. You go okay, <laughs> robot. Come, I played Detroit Become Human the other mm-hmm. day. That's I got how ten minutes. In. Like uh, actually, that actually came up in the in the interview I did with David. Oh really? So transcribing was like, listen, man, your job's gone. Like fifteen years from now, nah. Like robots are taking your jobs. I'll be okay. I'm your sorry. kid will be sixteen. Four, okay. I'll, you got to pay for college soon. I'll finally be eighteen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Jeff Green today, your other dad. But, oh, man, did, you work out, did you work out the, the, the canonical differences in our, no, I think in our lineage? No, they were your dad, I think. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, two dads. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, I mean, it is it is now at this point, you're totally in the, uh, you know, the Heisenberg principle where, like, how much is what he's working on, like, changing and yeah. the criticism he's getting. Uh, that stuff is really tough to tease apart. Uh, but the other weird thing, and this is where you start to dig into, like, Again, is this person in control of their message? Are they right. certain? Because here's the funny thing. So your character, the reason... So basically in this world, everything is like done by a like neural implant or whatever. So like people are walking around and they're not holding phones in front of them. They're just like reading their social feed like basically on their eye display or whatever mm-hmm. on their hut. Right, we've seen Black Mirror. Yeah. It's very Black Mirror. Uh, hey, what's technology with that? Um, where he's going with it is that your character is, like, physically unable to take right. those mods, and therefore... Well, it's, uh, Prey introduces concepts like that. Totally, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And so, what he starts talking about is this idea that your character is, like, alienated from the society, and, like, everyone else is, like, having fun with this technology, mm-hmm. and, like, is included, and he feels excluded, and then someone shows up, and it's basically, like... Uh, like a little like Tyler Durden esque, where it's like, hey, what if you could strike back against the society? And, like, did he it? say Tyler Durden esque? Um, I floated it out there. That was, okay. but yeah, he like what he was describing is very Tyler Durden esque, where it's uh, someone's like, let's let's fight the society, let's let's uh, strike back. Mm-hmm. 
and then the thing he sort of sketched out is it's the game is told over a series of nights as your character's life goes increasingly to shit, uh, and it's entirely possible that you accidentally join the terrorist movement. Stuff like that. So he's like, it's very much a... Right. The setup of this the game... This feels so much like just on the other side of... What was the cyberpunk bartending? Valhalla that mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. Which came from a developer who had spent a lot of time on 4chan, who kind of grew up with in, inside board culture. And like, there was a lot of that in that game. And it felt, for me while playing through it, always like the lead devil that had pushed through it and gotten gotten away, and there was still, like, occasionally a mark of it. Well, because like, you, you, you're left with scars from yes, any of that Like, stuff. little things like oh, the, the police force in the game were called the White Knights, right? Like, right. Mm, mm, okay, but then also you're... You, mm, I guess there's some stuff here that's actually, like, pretty good, and this feels, like, just on the other side of it, where it's, like, clearly you're trying to work through this thing. You're trying to work through this, this like, experience you've had about identity and about your relationship to people who are way worse than, than you thought they might be. Right. But it, I haven't played it, but right. but based on his comments and based on the pitch that he wrote for the game, like it, it, it feels like, despite trying to distance himself from the alt-right, like there's core ideals that still are fundamentally shit. Also, like, there are like stronger ways to distance yourself. Yes, totally. Wait, and but... granted, like, it's the middle of E3, he's with a publisher, like, and I, n- none of these are like yeah, caveats yeah. that are excusable, but... Yeah. And you would like to think that if you actually have had that... Uh, uh, like realization that you could say it in much stronger terms but about like your distance from it. What if, uh, like, I'm confused because he made the game years ago. He, he started made the game a, years no, ago. A game jam prototype. He made a game jam prototype. This is like a that, relatively recent like development and expansion. Y'all, it is like the weirdest fucking thing for me to to do this because like I I don't think I ever said it out loud at the time. I don't think I, I no one knew who I was at the time. Right? I, I was making a twine game in that same cyberpunk game jam. I was a, a student, and that game like easily was the most exciting thing about that jam for most people. It was a cyberpunk game jam in which you played a guy who got out of a flying car and walked down a cyberpunk street and went into a club and shot a guy. Mm-hmm. And this is the last I remember, I remember playing it. Yeah. Right. And I left it, and it got tons of ratings. It got like, everybody loved it. Everybody loves Milkshake Duck. And at the time I was like, man, fuck the cyberpunk game jam. Also, I was already like, fuck the cyberpunk game jam because it turned out that one of the, the organizers ended up being very shitty about some other stuff. That was like there was another milkshake talk. Dog, yeah. Like I, they're all over the place. Reference of the Cyberpunk game jam out of a century because of I didn't want to like be part of it anymore because of the, the head organizer ended up doing some really shitty stuff. And the fact at the time that that game had got gotten so well supported, I was like incredibly bummed about because it represented so much of what I didn't like about contemporary cyberpunk, which was that it's all flash and no substance. Right. That it's all aesthetic and no politic. That it's that it's all like neon and chrome and smoke. It's just and Blade no Runner without what Blade Runner right, is like, about. I, I mean, I've said this before about Blade Runner. Blade Runner opens up with a flying car flying over oil fields on fire. Yep. Everybody remembers the flying cars. Mm-hmm. Nobody remembers the oil fields on fire. That's what happens with Blade Runner. Right. That's what happened with Cyberpunk. And so it was weird seeing that trailer then on the Xbox uh, briefing because I had hope again. I was like, okay. You made a jam game that was all flash. Now this is a bigger game, and it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. And maybe you had space to develop some ideas around that flash that helps communicate something. And so to see this pitch, and to hear the answers that he's given you, and to hear, see what he's done the last week, it's just like that, that balloon was, had been expanded once, it deflated and <laughs> sat on a table for years, and the Xbox briefing came, and it was like, big-ass balloon again, pop! And now it's popped, and it's like I'm I'm worried I won't be able to ever inflate that balloon again. 
Wait, I'm, the balloons cyberpunk or the balloons that game? That game. Okay. I'm I, just wondering if I, the, cool. I'm just wondering if if the story idea like came to him while right. he was on the opposite side and now he's flipping it because of everything that's going on. That's like because it it's sounds like it thing. could be from either. It's side. been three years. There's lots of years for for inspiration. Yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. like, and those years are like. Big years. Big years. Yes. Those like, are the years I mean, those were years where, like, I figured out a lot of, yep. like, totally. bad shit. And he seems very much like someone still in the process of I'll figuring out. stuff out. Like, and, may- and maybe this, like, whatever this game right. is, totally. whatever that, like, totally. like, maybe this game is a moment. Listen. It, I'm going to tear this bandit off right now. Okay. Uh, just because it's, like, the part okay. of this conversation that I, like, I remember pretty clearly. And this gives you an example of, like... The way that like things go wrong for for this guy and like why he's going to be I think an issue and a little bit of a, a, an anchor on this game, uh, you know, asking him about that stuff, he sort of like went straight into these you know skip I want to address this. Uh, he Stephen X, but never mind, mm-hmm, different mm-hmm, tweet. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I support feminism. Okay. If you look okay. at what feminism is all about, I'm behind it one hundred percent. But ah, and I was like, "Fuck!" Here, here we it go. is. Here There's we go. Settle in. But there was no real but, and that's the okay. thing. Oh. It's like for him, a big part of what turns him off these movements is like they just seem so divisive, and like people yeah. get so entrenched, and there's so much certainty. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yes, I understand, <laughs> but that is politics. That is disagreement. When principle is right. at stake, yes. right. and when people's lives are at stake, it's called ideology. It's called taking a position. Yeah. yeah. But he is, but he's in this place in his life where he's very much, I think, in that Bioshock Infinite headspace, where he's like, "Oh man, you know what's really terrible is these polarization is the problem. (laughs) Polarization is the problem." Which is like, like, and again, like this is what this is like that. Why I I keep coming back to the cyberpunk as flair and nothing else thing is that like, yeah, wanting to show a game in which like it's all just pretty aesthetic. And you don't have to have that like deep thing that does say no. Some sides are worse than other sides. Is the thing that happened to the genre. It's why I'm so fucking fed up about it. It's like ah, like this was a thing once that was ex- like explicitly about responding to specific historical circumstances. And it, the historical circumstances have changed, and so should right, any genre sure, keep yeah. up with it. And it sounds like there's some loose idea of it, but I I need to know that I, I, for me to get excited about a game that deals with these things at all. I want him to have had that that moment with himself. You have to like, bring. What do I have? Like, yes. there's actually nothing inherently wrong with saying like a progressive political future in which like shit unintended consequences. Totally. But if you don't have that argument, you have to, you have, to have earned. I personally, ideologically, that have that moment right. to understand the consequences of having that moment yes. Yes. before you can make the argument against it, or to even understand what it is to right. make that argument. Right. Like. Fucking, you know what? It's not hard for me to believe a world in which good intentions go bad. Exactly. That's like the, all the, the history of a lot of the world. Totally. And so, and I'm not hiding myself from that. So, I just wish he'd come to you with an argument that was like, and this is, here it is. And, this is the case. And I'm worried that like six months from now, then like, he has that argument, right. but you don't actually know like, is that just the PR yeah. argument or is that like what's in the the politics of that game at that right. point? I don't know. So... You know, one thing, one thing I will say, and I want to give some credit here to Raw Fury. Um, they're not managing him. Like, like <laughs> they wouldn't have let you do the interview. Yeah. They would have right. pulled him right. from me right. three. Right. Like, right. if there's something, to, like, to that like, one that publishers have delete those tweets. Like, come on, do your job. Like, I'm not. I mean, I'm glad we're having this conversation, but also, like, I mean, the conversation. <laughs> I think the job that they should have done originally was like, 
oh, this game looks really good, but we need to have a talk about what you believe in. Yeah. What the, and not just what you believe in, sorry. Yes. What's the content of the game? What's the stuff that you're trying to, to communicate here? Do you have a good grasp on it? Not even like, what is it? Do you have a good grasp on it? Are you? Can or you if we're not going to delete these tweets, are you totally. ready, ready for ready the for answer? It. Yes. You are going to back this up one way or the and other. Be, like, and, and if it's a way that like, you're going to bunch of blowback, right, right, at least be articulate right. and ready yeah. for it, as opposed yeah, to what yeah. appears to have happened now, which is like, just hands in the air and everyone's right. caught. One. By surprise. Three hours well, later. Yeah. Two. Five hours later. Five yeah. hours later. Fuck. That's all. Like, Five hours is a long be time. Be ready for it. Right, and and like for me, like that's totally the and, thing. and like and, and also like I'm re- I, if he wants to rail against progressive politics, if he wants to be that Go guy, get, then like, ready to have the argument. Eli Roth a couple years ago did that did that movie about oh cannibals? God, yes, uh, Green Room. Green Room. No, uh, no, Green. Chat. In, Inferno, Green Inferno. Green Inferno. And I was like, Ugh. I didn't see it because I heard it has a lot of well, really shitty from politics. From the jump, the, pop, the, the, the kind of trailer was like, He Ugh. used SJW. He used SJW. And it's yeah. basically that the pitch. And again, this is a pitch that I'm like halfway on board with. And it I, falls off the mm. thing. Where it's like, oh, it's a bunch of like young, college educated. It's like people who went to Oberlin decide yes. that they want to go save brown people. Yes. And then like it turns out that's not how you do things in the world. On board already. Right. Then it turns like they go down there to save brown people and all the brown people are cannibals. Yes. And also oh, it's like, oh, turns out SJWs don't oh, know what they're doing. Right. right? Like and, it's like the verbiage, the vocabulary. Then Eli Roth got out was like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I stand by my shit. He does. Yes. And I fucking disagree with him. Yes. But like, he was ready. It was not this. accidental. It and was and at that point I was like, I'm not going to see that. I'm not going to support it. I'm good. I'm done. And he's going to keep having a career. And right. the thing that is rough for this developer is like, he was not ready for it. It was rough for all furious. They were not ready for it. They did not have messaging around it. They did not have a message from the developer saying, like, this is what his beliefs are. We're here to support uh, art from all sorts of different creators. And we, we expect that people are going to disagree with right, us. Exactly. We think it has strong political messages. We think, or like, as a know, company, we are inclusive and diverse. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that means working with the creator. Blah, 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 blah. There is a way to message it where, like, what we've done by now is side eye it instead of spending 45 minutes talking what, about it. What would you argue about? The, 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 the discussion becomes the politics of the game, which is a more interesting discussion than, like, the, like, old tweets of three years ago, which we don't know what that right. means, right? Like, I'm ready to have that argument. That like, that's, del- I'm not even saying that they should no, have No, 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 absolutely not. not. If you're going to make the shit stand by, but I don't, if you're going to publish it, but I don't want a half apology in which no. I don't know what it means. Right? Like, they, shit. Might, they might still come out with a statement. We don't know. Right. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Like, it is like the middle of the But I'm, I'm just more interested yes. in having the argument. Because that's exciting to have the argument with yeah. someone who's like, I made this thing. Yes. Let's talk about Let's it. Let's talk about it. I'll talk about it. Shit. Right. I think, I think Ralph Fury may have made a statement. Okay. Because uh, David referred it. to it. So I don't know if it's been released or, but there may have been a statement. Okay. It definitely, um, but yeah, so they're just kind of like, they're letting this ride. Like they That's the way to do it from guy. their perspective. Yeah. And yeah. they were in the room still listening to him, but. Like, they weren't managing him. They weren't sort of trying to steer the questioning. Uh, I think where this is going to get really challenging to sort of critique and read is that he comes across as a guy who is so thoroughly still in the middle of figuring out his shit. And he is just starting to do the work, you know, when it comes to, like, understanding what he believes about Mm -hmm. this shit and, like, what he thinks about the direction of, like, hey, where do you think capitalism is going? (laughs) And the problem is... It's hard. It's a hard question. And then he built a whole world... On his premises that he may not fully, he hasn't fully thought through, and he doesn't fully understand the ramifications of, right. nor does he understand how they relate back to the real world and the actual lives they represent. Right. So that's where things get fucked up. Let's talk about the <gasps> game for just one second. Oh yeah, yeah sure, sure, please. It actually sounds really cool, and that's the right. infuriating thing. Um, what are you actually doing? Okay, so 
the main influence here is uh, Flashback. Awesome. Uh, One of my favorite games. Yeah. yeah. And the big difference is, the way you put it is, remember Flashback is basically a platformer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can still do things like you can go catch a cyberpunk cab and, like, go talk to your yeah, friends, yeah. do quests. But a lot of it is platforming. The city is represented as a series of platforms and jumps. Sure. Uh, this is not like that. It's it's more that the city has a layout. You're navigating it like in 2D, mm-hmm. uh, but then you go into the frame, and that takes you into other 2D planes. That's part of that effect looks so good. It's part of why people yeah, went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. and it does look stunning. It is it is such a gorgeous looking game. Uh, the other things that started to really get me excited and impressed is that. Uh, so again, the city t- the game takes place over a series of nights. It starts with night one, where mm-hmm. you're sort of like radicalized or whatever, and, and then like it's the ripples of consequences from the choices you make each night. Uh, and so it's going to be side quest stuff, but it is an open world like two cool. D adventure. Yeah. And apparently, and I don't know, like I don't know how involved this gets. According to him, every every character represented on these screens is, like, an AI entity and is, like, doing things hmm. and, like, has, like... Like, has needs and wants or has a routine that's been programmed? That I don't know. Okay. But, but one of those... Something like that. But some... But They're doing more than just pacing back and forth. And right. according to him, they will, like, remember certain things about certain interactions, like, including small details. But right. where the other part of this kicks in is that it is, because it's cyberpunk, it's also a huge surveillance state. Sure. Yeah. And so as you start... You know, getting up to shit in the city, um, the city itself starts to remember. The way he described it is, you realize the city you're in is like a huge trap that is increasingly like slamming shut on you. Uh, and so each night, like more of the automated surveillance systems are going to be turned against you. Uh, more characters will like remember the shit you got up to. Like it's possible you become like you know sort of um, not welcome in your own neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll want to start paying attention to like. Who's around you uh, in these scenes? Because it will matter. Like even incidental right. NPCs you don't think matter might prove to be crucial down the road. And so, like the game he's describing, and I saw some of it working. Uh, like mostly what he was showing was just art and stuff from the trailer. Yeah, yeah. But then he actually like brought out a uh, short demo that they showed to Microsoft uh, some time ago to show like there's an actual game here. Right, that right. You on. should be on the stage. And it was really, really cool looking. And so, here we if are. there were ever a case, if there were ever a place to hire consultants yes. to look at that fucking game before it goes out, uh, that's that's my free advice to Rob Fury. I think even more than like manage this guy and maybe give him a book or yeah. two, uh, <laughs> like put that game in front of people who are not like straight affluent white dudes, right. yeah. Uh, because yeah. I think the, the stuff g- might come up. I want to just briefly say like. That this part of it also did happen to cyberpunk historically. Cyberpunk was made by a bunch of straight affluent white or straight white dudes who became affluent through the success of cyberpunk. And then there was a second wave that was like queer and and you know came from people of color, came from women. And in some sense, like I want to be clear that when I'm big up and past cyberpunk, I'm also saying like, hey, maybe this is part of it too. Maybe we get another version. Maybe we see somebody who sees this game and is like. Yeah, that was cool. Like, fuck that but game. Fuck that. But I'm gonna go do some other shit. Yeah. There's stuff here that I want to. I'm gonna tell my version of this story. Right. So or some of that visual style or whatever. Totally, yeah. Totally. Yeah. We'll see. Is that 2017? 
2018? Oh, God, I don't remember. At the point. It might have been 2017, and now it's 2018. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's been, you know what, it is also, to some degree, not to put on the analyst cap a little bit, but, like, it's one of those, it's a learning moment for this new tier of small publisher, where, like, you have the Devolvers and the Raw Furies, and there's Devolvers bigger at this point. Mm-hmm. It's still small. They used company. to be kind of like Right, that. they grew from being a, a developer like Raw Fury. Yep. They had a couple of games that come out a year. You know, obviously Annapurna is connected to a huge movie studio, yep. but it's still small in terms of the size of games that it's putting out. And this feels like one of those moments that it's like, would a bigger studio have let this let this move through? Would they have caught it? Um, or would they have at least had enough people on the project to where like... They're ready for it. They're ready for it. We're ready to have communication. At the other hand, as I was saying that, I remember that Ghost Recon Wildlands came out this year. And we didn't spend any time like shit-talking that. We ran one story from Jack the Keat that was like... This game is like miserable, and if that game had, if that game had hit harder, right, there would have been much, like a large, much like, larger totally. discussion about it. But I do, I do. It, it, it can be weird to suddenly realize that you spent an hour talking about a game that like a couple of people are making, right? And that only that a small number of people are going to play, yes. And not spending anywhere near that much time this year talking about the thing that cost hundreds of millions of dollars, or you know, at least dozens of millions of dollars. And tons of people did play, and tons and actually, of people played. Actually, was quietly ahead. Right, exactly. Yeah, this is. But it's also the critics' dilemma. Well, and that also you can uh, dilute an ideology, right? Enough to that game, right? Like I, uh, there, you know, uh, famously, like people who worked on the original Watch Dogs, that like were like in writing positions that uh, you know expressed really uh, aberrant views, like especially related to Gamergate, and yet uh, it then becomes difficult to ascribe Twitter. you know, tweets to a game because of it's made by a bajillion people. Yeah. Um, whereas with this, it becomes easier to distill that and in su- not to say mm. it's unfair, but there is a disproportionate right. amount of attention because it is easier to talk about one that, guy did a thing, right? Yeah, whereas you totally. look at like a game that made by hundreds in which, like, well, how much did that person actually touch? Right. So well, it's, it's interesting, but uh, yeah, complicated. Also, Wildlands came out like at a time when tons of other games True. were coming out, yeah. and this was like. This was a highlight of an E3 press yeah. conference that tons yep. of people were tuning into, and tons totally. of people were. It has about. an aesthetic yeah. that so people like, are like very, very into. Like, like it was it hit in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. and people well, were and like tweeting was, the whole time. Of course, they're like looking this dude up, right? You know? And it was candy for I think people who do feel disaffected from a lot of like AAA, sure. uh, you know, games. The the type of stuff that tends to appear and get spotlighted on a uh, E3 showcase. This was sort of like the cool like antidote to that that also like plays into those cyberpunk uh you know tastes yep. you know corporates like we were no, all it's no cyberpunk about it. 27 27 7 <laughs> wait for this see project red you do not break my heart like this <laughs> do not Cyber, the cyberpunk universe was like a black dude designed that uh, like hoping and he's involved mike pondsmith is involved cool. in that game there's some videos of him online just walking around la at night talking about the like yeah, what cyberpunk it. is and like the history of it that they, they shot two years ago. For that game? For that game. Oh, those videos are good. Those videos are good. It's just like, you know the shots in Collateral? The movie Collateral? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like the, the overpasses. It's like that, except it's like a dude with my, it's a black dude with my build and a really good voice walking around with, with you know, sunglasses on at night in LA. Right, it's cyberpunk. Talking about cyberpunk. Yeah, it's good. really good. Feel like those up. God, so, all right. Are, Rob, are you going to be like putting that up on the site? Yeah, as soon okay. as I can, like, make out my audio. Like, the combination yeah. of Loudy 3, like, interview room, 
and then like a pretty it's an hour. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's so that's gonna right. be that is gonna be a joy to, to transcribe. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, Stay it's tuned. something people can look forward to. Yeah. You played another game that that so briefly. We have a video going up probably in the next couple of days of the Indicate Showcase, or mm-hmm. a couple of games in the mm-hmm. Indicate Showcase, and that is off in a little corner in the South Hall this year, and it's always in the South Hall, and they sometimes do themes around something, um, and this year it's Resist, which is like, I don't know, we're pivoting hard from one side of politics to another side of politics, or I guess we're staying in the and realm not, of the political. Not all the games were that way, but there totally. was like, there, there was a, a, a pattern right? of games where like... Hey, like one of the things we were looking forward to theme this year was right. the idea of resistance. I don't want really to go yeah. over too many things that we've already shot in another video yep. that'll come out yeah. on YouTube tomorrow or the next day. But you played a game called The Cat in the Hijab? Yeah. So I actually got to chat with the CEO a bunch who, really quick, I won't get too far into it because I did interview her and that'll be going up on video, but she let me know that like they didn't decide on a theme. It was more of like the game devs decided on a theme because these are all games that have been in the works for, you -hmm. know, the last year since, since the last Indicate and, uh, going through and choosing the games. Like these were easy choices because they were good games. And like, they all had this similar theme because this is what the world is like, is focused on right now. Um, I played a game called the cat in the hijab. It was a, Short, super short demo, like two minutes long. The game is actually out on Itch. Um, you guys oh, can cool. play it now. Um, you're a cat in a hijab on a moving train, and you are interacting with other cats who, in the video, I kept referring to as people and then correcting myself, um, who are like, one person will be harassing you, and then it's it's a game where you're making choices of how to mm. interact. Mm. And like based on your interaction, you'll garner a you know, a a different reaction from this cat. And, uh, so there's someone who's harassing you. There's someone who's like, Hey, why do you wear that thing on your head? And you're kind of like explaining it to them. And then there's someone who like is harassing another cat Cat. on the train. You know what? Is it because all cats are are people basically? Yes. All cats are people. Uh, Also Um, to be clear, is everyone in this game a cat? Yeah. Okay. So it's not like, so cats are people in that sense. Yeah. It's all The analogy holds up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's one where like, uh, someone on the train is getting harassed and you have the option to like help or ignore because you don't want to be harassed. And um, it, it was very good. It was very good. Awesome. And they had another cat game there um, about it's called Cats or People. Yeah, oh. no, called <laughs> Cat in the Something. There were two Cat in the Something. Um, the other one was about unrelated politics. Resi- the, the themes of resist <laughs> and cat and cat things. Are people. Right. Cat um, things. The other one was um, about hat? politics in Iran, which I didn't cat get to play. Hand. So. Okay. Um, yeah, lots of cat games. There was, were... that, was that that already released game about the Iranian Revolution? That one that came out like last year? Yeah, wait, which one? Uh, 17 or 1970? Yeah. I, I don't know it's if that's it. It's a cat game. Oh, it's a cat game. Yeah. There were not no cats in that game. It's a game about no people cats in that game. and photographers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not that cats can't be people who are... No, no judging. No judging. There were some other, um, there were some other uh, politically focused games like uh, Politics where it's like an app and you're like... Cool. It's about fake news. I need to like, go buy their. You gotta go buy their like, Actually, I was like near there and weirdly got to talk about the union, the, the voice acting strike. I like oh, that's like the political sphere of of E three this year. All the politics talk is happening. The indicate in the area around it. Yeah, and then like with their, you know, there'll be a video that goes up. But, like two of the games we checked out was this one called Riot Civil Unrest, right. which um, like looks at a bunch of different historical instances of. Yeah. Uh, Different riots and protests, and you are. Is there a, Detro- a Detroit style meter 
of violence or pacifism. I unfortunately the developer was not there when I was trying to figure out the game, so okay. I didn't give great sense of like the mechanics yeah. of it. But um, you know, the designer talked about like having uh, been abroad and like been witnessed and participated in like different protests and things like that, and like how specifically he discussed how. The media portrayal of like protests is often like that is usually the line between like what is a right. riot, what is a protest, right. like right. how our actions are, are interpreted or misinterpreted. Um, and then the other game uh, was called Borders, which was developed uh, by it's already out. Borders is already out. Okay. This game Riot will be out in early access in a couple of weeks. Borders was uh, made by a designer whose uh, his parents you know snuck across the border from Mexico to the United States. Um, he didn't realize uh, that until many years later. His parents guilt tripped him about wow. it a lot and said, like, well, like, when he didn't want to go to school, they said, well, we snuck, we, we snuck across the border to get here. Like, in like a, you know, life's okay yeah, now, yeah, sort of yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this game is already out, was made, pro- uh, was made uh, during um, or the early parts of, of Trump, like, entering the campaign. Takes on, like, a much different uh, context. Like, one of the interesting mechanics of the game, interesting is like a Interesting mechanics of the game is that when uh, you're trying to get across the border, you're managing your hydration and also managing uh, avoiding uh, the border patrol. Um, and when you die, your skeleton is permanent. And there's permanence to the Ooh. to your death, and so that when you start again, you see Ooh, piles of I skeletons. Say. That's terrible. Um, and uh, there are in this version because it's instanced towards uh, his build of the game. If, if you were to play it, it's instanced towards your, your build, build of the game. So people that play it on your machine... Right, this is the E3 build. And there are 1,700 skeletons. No. Well, he took it from text. This is the build Holy he's shit. taken all around. There been, he said there were 300 skeletons well, like, at E3. For us, E3. like 18. Right. That's weird. And Interesting. Uh, it was, but the idea was, uh, right. it was it was rooted in uh, when his parents stuck across the border. His father, uh, they were hiding, like waiting to get across, and they like just saw a body that was clearly like someone that had tried to get across, and like there was just, oh my gosh, uh, yeah, um, like cool. skeletal remains, mm-hmm. and uh, like that stuck with his father, yeah. and so uh, it was really interesting. You know, he went into the fact that. Um, you know, the, re- the reaction has been, like, really positive from a lot of circles, but where he is from, um, he's got, uh, the reaction was not great, um, extremely racist. Uh, and I said, well, where did the racism happen? He said Facebook. And I was like, oh, well, that yeah. explains okay. that everything. Sense. You should have yeah, started with that, that part. Sense. Yeah, that yeah. adds up. So, uh, interesting, um, mechanically, the game, not that interesting, but the story behind it um, really is really interesting. Yeah, um, and that, that's the story of, like, a lot of small, small yeah, politically yeah. motivated games, yeah. like, this came out of a game jam, right? right? Yeah. So, like, made in seven days, like, yeah. so, like, forgivable, and the story behind it is very interesting. And also, like, it's really rad for me to see people cutting their teeth on small projects like that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I often kind of, like, wither at the comparison to the kind of, like, 1960s, 70s kind of, like, growth of the, the smaller art film, the, the kind of, like, independent film director. But, like, a lot of those people came out of art school and, like, made lots of short films that were experimental mm-hmm. or that were, were political or that had, like, a, a degree of verite or had a degree of, like, grittiness that, that, the, that the big studios were not, you know, performing, right. were, not, were not interested in in any way. And then, like, eventually became, you know, huge, made huge cinematic masterpieces that we hold up today forever. And so the process of seeing more people make small games... Is really exciting, like because yeah. those are the people. It's how you prototype. Yes. Like, how do you right. turn politics into design? It's, it's like you do that in a small way. Tough. Yep, exactly. So that's exciting. I think there's any other political games you should put in this political mm-hmm. bomb block. Um, Kingdom Come Deliverance gets pretty political. Okay, that's a game about go. knights and farming. Can you set up what that game? What is, is that game? 
So it kind of comes across like Witcher Sans Magic. Okay. Uh, and monsters. Uh, so Sans like maybe a little Town, mountain blade. Character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of that too. Uh, but yeah, it's politics, man. Like it takes it to King Sigismund of Hungary. Okay. And like it is radically pro King Wenceslas. I just want to make, make clear go look up the designer for that game. Also connected to Gamer Game. But also, extreme, uh, Steven Totillo, I believe last year. Yes. Um, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I read an extended... coming back. An, ex, an extended... Uh, well, this is, yes, this what is we want dialogue. from right. the guy about last night is like, he has very specific beliefs and is articulate about them. You may disagree with them, right. like, powerfully. Right. But he has beliefs, can talk about them, and is willing... To argue with you about them. So anyway, I just wanted to set that yeah. up for God. Um, since its politics are so like located in the like thirteenth century, <laughs> though, that, like uh, it doesn't kind of like Gamergate. Whoa, yo! Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really come through, except possibly that your hero seems like a little bit of a douchebag. Oh, sure. Uh, like, like you are totally kind of like the shitty son of this honest rural blacksmith. Uh, who just kind of like hangs out with his vandal friends and like let's go fuck up someone's house just because we can. <laughs> he was talking shit about King Wenceslas, and we're not down with that. And, <laughs> and, and is this a prequel to Night in the Woods? Like, and he's a German. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's there's that. Um, it looks like if you're interested. In this time period, like it, like it, what, what are you doing in this game, though? Right, like, are you, is it like a, a campaign? You're like yes. going, like, a, you're you're a per, like you're an individual. You're you're, you're an individual. Geralt. You're not Geralt. No, you're just you are <laughs> Geralt. I, I just told you, you're a little no, douchebag. No, oh, you're a little douchebag. Yeah, who is the son is of a village? Okay, yeah, um, little douchey. <laughs> the son of a humble village blacksmith with a past. Okay, uh, your father was like a, a swordsmith. Who, for whatever reason, has gone out of nowhere. And then you get up to some adventures in your village. And eventually, like, later that day, I think, your village is going to be destroyed by, like, marauding, uh, like, Hungarian troops. Okay. And you're going to survive. And then you're going to hook up with other nobles from uh, Bohemia. And that's where it turns into a little bit more of a... Mountain Blade, but also The Witcher. You're going to be doing quests for various nobles, mm-hmm. uh, forging like connections and alliances with some of these people, and then sort of getting back your own. But like part of the pitch of the game is that I mean, not politics aside, but like it is they're trying to like situate it in like a very like specific historic period, like trying to do the research. No, I don't not necessarily in the political sense, but like in like terms of like the world the geography like they're trying to take that part of it like extremely oh, seriously yeah and they, they definitely like uh spotlighted that where uh you know they're very clear most of the characters you're going to meet most of the named characters like sort of exist in the historical record uh so it's it's very much uh like 
trying to say it's very much a historical like fiction right it situates you uh, in and among like recognizable historical figures and then, like what like what is like the gameplay like is it like a more like action oriented like because mountain blade is a little more like simmy and like this is a little more rpg oh okay um so like what you get up to in the village and it sort of sketches out the various ways you can approach things um you know one of the first things you have to do in this demo is your father needs to complete this uh sort of masterpiece sword Mm -hmm. uh, that he's working on and to do that, you need to go get money that he's owed from kind of a shitty client, a deadbeat. And to do that, you can go a few different directions. You can go kick the guy's ass. Uh, you can just go steal the money that you're owed. Uh, or you can like try and talk him into paying off his debt. Uh, but if it goes wrong, uh, which it did for me, <laughs> uh, then... You oh, so you actually have to play it? Yeah. Okay. You'll end up having to kind of brawl this dude. And... One of the things they sort of promised is that a lot of these quests branch pretty extensively within themselves. So, like, if you fail the speech check on the town drunkard that owes your dad money, uh, then you have a fight. And if you beat him in the fight, then I'll be like, I give up, you know, take the money, like, right. you know, leave me alone. If you get your ass kicked, which may have happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, were you playing the Viking character you played in that other game? Look. A lot of people can tell you about a brawny, <laughs> combat-intensive character, Austin. If you want no, to go here, I got you. About, yeah, but me, I, I am a delicate, soft boy, uh, you know, medieval, uh, medieval squire. Give me the, give me the speech <laughs> check. Yeah, give me that speech check. But you failed the speech. Didn't check. Didn't work. And then, and then he lost the fight. Well, he didn't get to create his character. Uh, he might have, yeah. he might have put the stats in differently right. if given a chance. Right, right, right. So then he's like, "Ah, I'm gonna fight you." And then I was like, "Oh my, that is a short little health bar you've got. <laughs> <laughs> That's not much of a stamina bar either." <laughs> that dude's in your face. And uh, it's all very. Um, this seems very Witcher three ish. Like we're like if if like. If a bunch of those quests can take those twists and turns, right. but those but those seem less um, decision oriented as much as action oriented, right? Like so we're like in The Witcher, sometimes the reason a quest goes left or right is because you've chosen left or right as opposed to you failed a fight or something like that. Right, and this is where like so in these interactions, there's four approaches. I'm going to botch the name for them, but okay. like so in your conversation, you're going to see like Princeton. <laughs> Uh, Gladio, uh, Pompeo, Pompeo, and uh, not Knack, Knack, Knack. Is that is it actually? Is that it? Is the four ones? Those are the four. You got it. Okay. Now. Wow. We got is it actually the four? Points. But real talk. Is it the four Final Fantasy boys? Is it like be a tough boy? <laughs> There's, be a soft yeah, boy. Be a, soft so be a boy. tough boy. Be, be a, a boy. boy. Uh, be like a smart boy or soft boy, smart boy. Be. Not all smart boys are soft boys. I want to put that out there. Be a royal boy. Ooh. That is one of yeah. the Final Fantasy ones. Yeah. Yep. Like, literally. Oh, what's the fourth? I can't remember. Oh, um... A drunk boy? Yeah. No, I think it was, like, possibly, like, be a like a, a pious boy. I can't remember. Uh, that but, one's not in Final Fantasy. Yeah, That's so true. basically, so if you go the speech route, for instance... You got to beat the other character's own speech rating. So, like, if oh, you're it's like, like head to head. yeah, if you're persuasion five and you don't know what his persuasion is, yeah. and if you maybe like scouted around this character a little bit and like talked to other characters about him, when you have that encounter, it will tell you like, okay, now you know this guy's like a four. Can you not be a boy? No, you are. You can be a boy. 
Boy. Mm-hmm. No, you are. This is very Bois. specific. Is, is it France? Bois? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to be able to know me. Okay. You, <laughs> you have, have to be this little shithead. Oh, it's like, a specific little shithead. Oh, yeah. No, like, this okay. is not This is not like rolling your own character. Like, you are this Roll kid. your own shithead. Yeah. Like, you get you can influence the direction of this character, but, like, he is who he is, uh, for better or worse. His name is his name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Austin, I mean, I know, I know you you want it to be the one way. I do. But, but it's the other way. The other way. Uh, so, but it's kind of cool. So if you if you get your ass kicked by this dude later, which you did, yeah, maybe. You will, <laughs> I mean, look, allegedly, allegedly. Supposedly. Rick in the law office says we have to say allegedly when we say someone got their ass kicked. Sources inform me that Sources maybe Rob right. might have gotten. Zaskin. Oh. So source is close to Source is close to Rob Zachney. Inform me. Uh so then you go off to like the tavern and you encounter your friends there who are overhearing this German guy, this German down here in Bohemia, talking Ooh. shit about King Wenceslas. And he's like, King Wenceslas doesn't seem like much of a king to me since Ooh. he's in prison. Ooh. And Got him. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he is in prison. Like it's kind of an awkward. He's got. Yeah, he's, he's in got. prison. He's in that's prison. The yeah, definition of got. So your friends are like, this guy's talking shit about King Wenceslas. Let's go grab fistfuls of manure. Yep. Light on fire. His whitewashed house with shit. Oh damn. And you know, it occurs to me in this era, there's no power washers. No, that's like you actually can't just fix that. Yeah. Like, power, you just whitewashed your house. And someone comes and like paints it with like. And you gotta hate somebody. They probably didn't have gloves back then either, so your hands are all. Gross. Yeah, you have like. Maybe animal guts. Like, oh, well, maybe you yeah, know. Yeah. Like, no, don't. I'm making animal hands. Ew. Like, hey, I gotta go think with it, think it. I don't Park. like that. It's sort of like that. <laughs> the internet, where people are just gonna take all it's the like, sounds you're it's making. Like, it's, it's like when when Jim Carrey comes out of that. The Fake butt. rhino's yeah. butt. The mask, my favorite movie. The mask, like in the mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can go to your friends, and they're like, "We're gonna, keep, we're gonna cover this guy's house and shit." And they're like, "You want? Is that, is that a direct quote? Thirteenth <laughs> wow. century historical accuracy. Really we're gonna That's cover this guy's house and yeah. shit. Get in the Camaro. Get in the Camaro. Get that shit in the back. Is Yo, that a horse dance? Uh, my horse Camaro. You want in on this?" And uh, I was like, you have the option of being like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to like, do the whole shit painting thing. <laughs> or you can be like, all right, I can be persuaded. Been there. Oh, Been they there. persuade you? What? They persuade you? No, no, no. You can oh. be like, maybe. If you go help me kick this guy's ass oh, and get this okay. money. This sounds like the best game ever. <laughs> like, if you help me beat this guy's ass, I will wipe shit all over this other asshole's house with you. Okay, yeah. yeah. Live so, your life. That sounds like the best game ever. And so what they're painting, what they're painting, not in, not in shit, oh. uh, but like with words. Uh, the Maddie image... in the chat says, I like to call it shainting. And that's very bad. Shout um, out to Maddie. Banned. Banned. Shit. What I'm excited to figure out is what the shainting equivalent is going to be. <laughs> In all these other questions, how's that beer tasting? I had to put it down. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, like, all these quests are going to branch this way, according to the developer. So, like, 
it's kind of cool in that a lot of the things you're going to do aren't going to have these like fail states necessarily. Right. Each failure is just going to get you deeper into this like chain of failures right. or chain of favors. Deeper. Like life. <laughs> just, life. Just really deeper into shit. Yeah, I got it. Uh, that sounds and, like really interesting. Oh, yeah. and so combat is not what you're like. Oh. It's Daggerfall like. Oh, what okay. does that even mean? Do they hit the button? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it means. Like, your interface turns in to, like, your little paws come up in front of you, and, like, you start, like, fighting. Xenoclash? Like Can you fight? Can you fight? Can you two fight? Yeah. So, like, they're, you know. T-Rex. Are we cats? You might be. The cat in the helmet. That was the other so, game. Okay, so Patrick is like hitting me. He's like hitting me. And then you can be like, I'm guarding. <laughs> and it's like that. So that's kind of how this game is going to go. But now imagine it's with swords. So it can also do that, right? right. So it's like, 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 sort of like those uh, pool oh, like noodles do this. things. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how it plays out. That chair. That's on our chair. My chair now. Oh, true. Oh my god. True. If you think notice if we replace their antique wicker chairs with like a plastic and rodneck chair. <laughs> we went to Target. We this is an upgrade. That's yeah. plastic. That'll last you. <laughs> so <sighs> they show some uh, battle scenes as well. Wait, like larger battle scenes? Yeah, and this is where it gets a little mountain play. So Is it just a thousand people doing like this thing? <laughs> no, it actually looks looks way better. I play uh, that game. The, the look, the other characters, their models look fine. They look like fighting looks awesome. In your first person perspective, it just looks a little silly. I see. Got so they're like big battles where you're like ordering wings, just like wide sweeping animations, as opposed to yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so like, they showed a mission where um you're dab going fight. after this. Yeah. I'm not gonna dab fight you. I'm not. I almost did it, and I thought I don't want to. <laughs> no, I'm not ready to be another GIF. Yeah, I already seen Brad Shoemaker. Yeah. So. They show this battle where, like, you're going in with your troops on this uh, lord who's, like, talked shit or something. There's a lot of, like, consequences for talking shit. I just love how this is being described. Like, you're talking shit, we're gonna fuck this guy's house up, we're gonna jump this guy. This sounds alright. Well, look, it's the Middle Ages, right? And, like, the Middle Ages basically is... There's poop everywhere, and like masculinity is super fragile. (laughs) Do they know that, or are they just, like, committed to the realism because... It was back. They somehow have to back into saying like, "Whoa, men are right. fragile." Yeah. yeah. Whoops. Mm. Every, yeah, everyone's like that guy. <laughs> that guy besmirched my lord's honor. Let's go. Let's go trash his house. Yeah. Except on a grand enough scale, trashing his house requires like building a trebuchet. Like at a certain right. point, it's right. like that's boy. That's house got a really t- like huge fence around it, and it's like guarded. So now we have to like siege his house. Anyway, okay. Is. You have the shit with you that time, or no? I had uh, had like had armies with okay. me. And, they uh, have shit with them. Uh, yeah, but their shit was like swords. And <laughs> swords. Yeah, okay, bad um, shit. So that battle, like, it's pretty like decently scaled, cool. and you're taking part in it. And there are cool little touches, like if you're wearing a big knight's helmet, you can't see anything. And then is it mountain blade style, where you're like sword to the side and like yeah, hit? yeah, okay. very much so. Hmm. Uh, so there's a little like a fighting game element to it. To me, it felt a little loose, honestly. But that might also be because my character was a soft boy and like right. maybe didn't feel as uh, snappy as he should have. Uh, friendly Truffle in the chat says the hun- the Hungarian king while being thrown in prison. So much for the tolerant left. <laughs> Extremely good. Well, what so, else did we see? Is that, I mean, so like, do is that your takeaway? Basically, that sounds, that like, sounds pretty. Cool. Cool. Sounds looks really cool. Pretty cool. The only thing I'll say is like. If you're expecting, like, there, there's, like, Witcher-ness to it, 
But if you're specifying like Witcher yeah. Three quality, right, 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 right. Like, no, like that game started originally crowdfunded. Yes, um, and it's been developed for a couple years since. I think a publisher got involved at some point. But yeah, that that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. What else do people see? You have the list. I started, I started playing our video. I went to go get a beer and to pee, and I was like, I'm not going to lose any of that conversation. I'm going to open up an app and watch what they say, <laughs> and I spoiled that by opening it and it was playing still. We we hit swords on things with Ashen, which, yes, which we looked at. So we talked, yeah, we talked about it a couple days ago, yes. which we have the Microsoft Showcase. Um, it was I at- saw Justin Macker in the in the showcase look at a wall with holes in it for about twelve minutes and not know what to do with those those wall holes. Yeah, and I sat down and played that demo. Got to a, a boss. Um, it was unclear to me if so. There were two demo stations next to each other. Oh, so this- Ashen was also in the Microsoft. Trailer, right? The, yes, the, yeah, it was at the, the press conference. conference. Um, you know, reductive indie souls, but like, you know, uh, saw that demo and then was heard heard through the, the wind that yeah. like, hey, maybe there's more to this game. You should sit down and actually do a guided demo. Right. So I went and did one this morning. You did this one this afternoon. Yes. Then I gave you a couple of questions you should ask about that game that yes. I thought were... What were your make... questions for me again? You were ask about the NPCs. Ask about the NPCs yeah. and then ask about how multiplayer works. Okay, yes. So, let's talk about this. So, so, if you haven't listened to the earlier stuff, yes. like, Ashen's game coming from uh, Annapurna Interactive, is that their They are second? publishing it, yeah. Right. Um, uh, they just published uh, what remains to be the Finch. Um, yep. They're a, a publisher that is, uh, you know, has some veterans like Sony Santa Monica, folks that worked on Journey, and a bunch of stuff. Like, there's a certain aesthetic, a certain design approach that they're bringing to Annapurna. Um, and... Uh, Ashen, I mean, really, to be reductive, is indie souls. Like it's, it has it, a very, it's, it's it is. Um, it's called Ar- Ashen in Dark Souls. You are called the Ashen one. Yes, I, so I may have fed uh, like teeth to a giant mermaid god, which is like an extremely Dark Souls thing to do. Well, yeah, you 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 see a, a woman and you deliver a weird item and she scatters the the teeth to the to the to water, the darkness of the and, water. The, and then an enormous creature yeah. appears. Which actually Dark Souls doesn't do no, stuff like fact, that. No, in fact, I actually had a good conversation with them about that where they were like, we want to make sure that it was so clear that like, there are creatures in this world so big that a sword would never hurt them. Yes. Like, you are this not is not going to be a boss that you're going to fight. Nope. This is a mermaid that would crush you right. if you they wanted to get involved. Enough that like, maybe a tree is in there, or like a, there's something, a thorn in their side that you could pull out and help yes. them, or, or hurt them if they're already or if you were from a hurt. distance with like an enormous, you know, right. like, like fantasy bow and arrow. Right, exactly. What is that noise? Probably, maybe food. Probably food. Uh, anyway, so uh, there were two things that when I got the guy to demo, one, uh, I realized that uh, how multiplayer works, which mm-hmm. is that they are designing this game from the ground up to be played cooperatively, cooperatively. Yeah. unlike yeah. Dark Souls. Well, Dark, Dark, Souls, Dark Souls, a lot of people do play it cooperatively, but it's an option. Right. And uh, specifically, uh, so there, there, there is a uh, dungeon you can enter the main part of this demo in which Two players have to walk off to it, put their fists inside of it, right. and then the, do- the, the, doors the doors open. open. I want to be clear, I wasn't dragging Justin about staring at that thing. The point no. was, that demo the other day did not bad. explain. Did not explain that. It was not clear that people were in the same world. They nope. were working cooperatively. No you weren't sure it was an AI, or you weren't sure it was a, the equivalent of like a phantom in Dark Souls, where it's like, there's exactly. just someone around here. Exactly. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to participate. Um, but, but this guy that we got today, the guy was right there playing with us, and he was like, alright, you go up and you hit you both. Yep. Put your hands in this door, you open it. And the thing that I didn't realize until halfway through is he wasn't playing his character. No. He was playing the treasure hunter. Yes. Which is one of the NPCs 
who will live in your town that you're slowly building over the course of this game. And you, when, so when, you, when you co-op with people, you are playing an NPC in their world. Right. So when you are the main character and the other person is the, the treasure hunter, like, they are the main character and you are the treasure hunter. Right. And so every, character, every co-op experience you have is you helping someone that then becomes a part of their, like, hub world. Yes. And so whereas in Dark Souls you just come across NPCs, like... This game, you participate with the NPCs, and then they become yeah, part yeah. of your hub, but that experience in learning who they are, having experience in the world with is them, with is player. with a player. So, like, which is really cool, because for me, I'll remember that, like, the my treasure hunter I met while going after these teeth in this place that I like, yep. defended the mermaid, and that, like, helped me with that boss fight, and there was a bit where I got, I was really hurt, and he held off this weird, like, shadow monster, excuse me, shadow monster while I was healing. And, like... That's my treasure hunter. I'll have that experience. And that's every NPC except for like two or three NPCs in the whole And then on top of that, um, when so one of the things the game does, and we touched on this earlier this week, was that when you use like a health item, um, rather than just filling up your health, it fills up your health uh, a little bit and then slowly fills further, but that also reduces your stamina. So it's like a risk-reward in terms of like, do you really need that health? Because you're going to lose the ability to swing. But um, building on top of that, um, they told me about uh, there are items in the game that, for example, will allow you to go into those dungeons that you require two people with one person. One person. So I had this whole conversation uh. with so this. So, and the, so uh, specifically what is interesting is that uh, in the Dark Souls community, who, uh, as much as I love them, mm-hmm. um, looks down on people who summon people who play the game cooperatively. Right. The idea is that you only play cooperatively after you've beaten a boss and you go back to help other people. And it's okay to help other people, but if you play the game solo, suddenly you have not played the game the proper way. You are not good enough yeah. at this game. Yeah. And the way Dark Souls operates, it Dark Souls doesn't judge you for it. No, Dark Souls com- encourages it. But the community judges for you. Yes. But like the way it handles its difficulty scaling is that there is a normal operating difficulty, yeah. and then you choose to make it easier. Yeah. What uh, Ashen does, which I think is smarter, is that there's a normal operating difficulty, and, and then you, you choose to make it harder. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that's amazing—it's that's- the same way as like yeah. in like Bungie games when they how they name their difficulty like levels. Legendary versus legendary, heroic. like a heroic mm-hmm. that is different than like easy. Yeah. And like easy right. is a pejorative yes. to a lot of people, so. even if they want to play a game. Exactly. And like, me, it shouldn't be, a, it should, also me should not be yeah. a pejorative. And like, so when I was like talking with the designers, like, I just, I don't, I was like, I'm not sure how much you guys have thought about that right. or like what but the implications works. are, but I think it's really, really fascinating of how that's perceived like, by players. Here's, here's two implications that are really cool. One is it's random which NPCs you'll get in which order. It yes. does not. It's not a thing where it's like, okay, the first dungeon you get the treasure hunter, the second dungeon you get the bartender. The yeah. third you get Things the like the blacksmith hunter. are not yes, included sir. in that. Right, like totally. blacksmiths, like upgrade your weapons, right. your armor. Like they, those people are just in, in the, the world. world, right? So key, key, key people. Like, and there's like two or three. They said, mm-hmm. but then the you know you'll go to your second or third dungeon and it'll be the bartender or it'll be the person who you know the, who gives you like new like uh, die jobs or whatever. On the like, uh, that's the thing I'm making up. Right. But, like some other NPC in the world. The person who understands magic and lore, who knows what. Yeah. And then one, that means that you and I will get different characters yep. in different order. And mm-hmm. the city builds as you bring people back to it, or the town, and then as you do quests for them, the, the town continues to build. And they talked about a situation where, like, if your tower, if your, like, home gets to be, like, two floors high or three floors high, and then a certain other NPCs also does, they'll build a bridge between the two in the town yeah. at the point at which that happens, which sounds really cool. Didn't see it, but it sounds really cool. Yeah. And then the the other thing is like if you play as the person who's like, no, I'm gonna do it solo, 
I'm gonna use the special ability that lets me like open up all these doors by myself. Fuck everybody else. Guess what? Your town is gonna be like dreary and empty and like depressing. And I love because it's oddly a game about friendship yeah. and cooperation. And if you choose to like push away those yes. things, well, then they're that's pushing what I'm like it away. Yeah. 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 There's like a rune that you can equip that gives you more damage if more people around you have more regular like human towns. <laughs> and like, oh, that's dark. Like that's yeah. not. And and yeah, I'm I'm kind that of into rad. it. And it, I'm glad that I got the second demo because yep. seeing it the other day at the Microsoft Showcase on the floor was like, hey, this is not like. Well, great. I started it being immediately reductive, which is like, well, it's just indie souls, yes. which is fine. Like that's you got me. Like I'm I'm listening. Yes. But then the the demo being poor was like, ah, well, okay, maybe yeah. this is not the thing. Uh, and I was also, it's like for. it's really cool aesthetic stuff. Like, yep, very muted colors, uh, no faces on any of the characters. Like sometimes, like there, there would be a mustache or hair, but right. like not, no eyes, no mouth. Yep. Very striking looking game. Just something to pay attention to. Twenty eighteen. Yep. I also saw Artful Escape while I was at. Oh my god, that game! The, here is the pitch that I was given. I'm just going to repeat it. Because sure. I don't like doing it. I don't like repeating just the exact also pitch. because I, if you were to tell me explain that game, I would have a very difficult time doing the it. The pitch was: What if before you could make Ziggy Stardust? David Bowie had to go on a trans-dimensional journey to understand what, like, being a rock star was. That's a lot better than what I ever would have come up with. That's what the pitch was of the development. It's also accurate. Yeah, it's a platformer where you walk through really beautiful spaces. Yeah. It's not even a platformer. Because no, because you're not actually, like, there's, yes, you jump, but uh, it's, it's, it's not even a rhythm game. No, it's not a rhythm runner. It's someone in the chest is a rhythm runner. Like, the, the for, for example, like, when you, um, you can double jump. Yeah. But then you can triple jump, sort of. But the triple jump is you, you hit A, you hit A, and then the third A you have to tap on. And that's when you... I think the game uses... Uh, what's the term? Not jam. It's... Uh, shred. Shred. Shred your and guitar. And your guitar comes out, wow. and you shred on the guitar, and it allows and you, you to float down onto the next platform. Wow. And it matches up with whatever the song in the background is. And, and that's one of the things that is hard to convey. I don't know how much yeah. it comes across in the trailer, but in playing, the environment... The music, your actions, like, and you can play your guitar at any time and start fucking around and like yeah. playing like the predetermined like chords. It always sounds like it's a part of the music and the environment. And apparently, you're gonna make your character based on like what planet are they from? Your your kind of persona. And I had to talk with the developer afterwards, who was basically saying like, <laughs> I got out of school. I was a game. I was went to game development school, and then immediately got signed as a musician and toured for a few years. Weird. And hated it. I okay. Hated it. Mm -hmm. I hated it. It was not I the uh, the magical. No, it was not magical. It was not going on a transdimensional journey mm -hmm. about figuring out what being an art star, or a rock star was. And what he said was like he wanted to make a game that was more about the promise of being a rock star and the kind of that that said when we think of Prince and David and Bowie, David Bowie exactly, and said specifically that those elements of presentation are just as much a part of their artistry as the guitar playing, as yeah. the songwriting. That part of the appeal of those things is the narrative that they tell the world about themselves as characters. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm into that. It's also I don't want to get too deep into it because the demo is super short, and who knows? But it is gorgeous. Very One gorgeous. of the prettiest things I saw this week, and so curious to see more. That totally. also felt like a, a lot like a double fine game. If I could like convey did. like a tone and it aesthetic. Rob, hmm. can you tell me about the ice again? I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually step off the screen for a minute. Sounds good. Don't go in the red door. I'm not going in the red door? Just, has that door been opened since we... So we don't, don't talk. We don't there are doors it. in this house that you don't open. Shh. Don't let them talk about it. Oh, three <laughs> times, then it's... Then, yeah. She said that it was twice. twice. What's up with 
Frozen, the movie. Frostpunk. Did I get left at the right time? Patrick, you're stuck with us. Let's talk oh, about man. a city builder. I'm, I'm going to build that fucking snow city. It's a little bit like Sim Snowpiercer. Except you're not on a train. Yeah. The tra- it's like the locomotive is just like jammed into the snow. It is. It's become like the obelisk that you all have to worship. Is this and the, like, this War is Mine developers? This War is Mine developers have moved okay. on to make this game called Fro- Frostpunk. What What was the first one? Frozen. <laughs> Frozen punk. Frozen Frozone. Frozone. That's right. Is that the guy from The Incredibles? Incredibles. Yep. Also, a movie with a weird political read. If you you dig into it a little bit. Don't worry. Yep. Stop. The Incredibles? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hmm. Frostpunk. It's a city builder, which I did not expect at all. Here's what I mean. I'm going to tell you what I expected. Frostpunk from the, the, the This War is Mine developers. What I expected was This War is Mine, but everyone's cold. Okay. Tour of mine, but everyone's cold. Here's another place where people are miserable. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, but also slow down. That's still there. But also, it's like punk, and so it's they like, would have boots. With you've been out there in the ice, haven't you? Yeah, fuck you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I expected. Um, and but I expected the kind of the two D like diorama cutaway view of yep, um, yep, interiors, yep. and it would be like I'm sending out. Jessica, to go it's get the same me, gameplay, rough aesthetic, but just set in a different, in a different world. premise. Yeah, and also the focus on individual characters, yep. a small group of survivors trying to make it out there on the ice. And the was snow. that game actually good? I never played it. I really wanted to. This war is mine. Yeah, this war sure. of mine. Okay, the same thing I did. Like it was war of mine. Yeah, well, this war they're is both mine. true. My name is my name. My name is my name. This this war, war is mine. mine. Uh, no, this war of mine was was good. It was it was cool. It was depressing as hell. Problematic the more you thought about it, right. is the mm. way the way I would put it. Mm. But they um, seem like they seem to have like the right intention. Like, yeah, like sure. everything I read about it, where people were like, eh, it was like they, they were trying to do something interesting and thought provoking about like survivors and yes. like war situations and yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's not is, what Frostpunk is. Frostpunk is an is an isometric game, right? It's a city builder, yeah, and it's not focused on individuals. Focused on the city. It's like so. Basically, what? it's the 19th okay. century. All right. But in this version of the 19th century, the Industrial Revolution, Earth is like overtaken by some sort of like climate apocalypse, and become an ice age comes in. Okay. And it pretty much wipes out everybody, except that before like everything was destroyed, uh, there was some sort of like uh, super generator that was created that is surviving this apocalypse, and. Everyone has to gather around it because it's the only source of like heat and power uh, in this universe. And you build your city in the shadow of this thing, in the radius right. of this thing. Where it looks it, like Patrick, it looks like one of the the things at the end, towards the end of near the big tower things. Oh, okay, there's, all right. They might even call generators. I yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks just like one of those big cylinder in the ground. near feels like eighteen months ago. <laughs> it's been a long week. Uh, where this gets really, really nifty, though, is one, like, it gets colder at times. So, yeah. like, there's points where the environment just becomes much more hostile. The other issue you're dealing with is that uh, your workers go out in the spaces where they are at risk of exposure. And, hmm, like, there freezing. isn't much food in the There's, space. like, constantly a thing that's, like, this is the temperature right now. And you can tell when, a, when a, like, a temperature drop is on its way. You better prepare. Bad news. Better crank up that generator. Right. And, get and burn it, some coal. Get really I do that at home. I turn up the temperature. Yeah. Right. Just imagine. And so the thing that they ended up doing. I don't know. So if, if this war of mine was 
about interpersonal conflict, individual need. This it's like is societal conflict, like a much more like uh, a meta layer, of, right? So, like one of the first mac- things, macro right. macro level, right? Exactly. You start off by one of the things that happens early on is like, oh, you have to make a, a law, pick a law for your society. Like that can be, a, a law. Oh, so things like yeah, that, like informs like laws. a bunch of other things. So things like yeah, the child labor, yes, but safe child labor only for now. Oh, or like mm. um, yeah, we'll keep people alive if they're really hurt. That's a law that we'll put into place. That's a weird but law. But then that's another mouth to feed. What did you pick? But then that's another mouth Did you to play? Feed. Did you pick a law? Uh, I watched somebody play. Yeah, I also what did was, they pick? They were pretty much, uh, I would say, neutral good. That's more, I bet you uh, the same basic demo. Yeah, so child labor, yeah. But send them to safe places. Like So kids can pick through the refuse to burn. Right. Pick but, out some, get some wood for us to burn. Right. Build stuff with. So but, not mines. But not working. Well, picking through the, the probably not the actual mines. Just the, like, the stuff that comes from the mines. Right. Bring me that coal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're not going to go down there with your hands. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Uh, so that's one thing you can do. Another thing is, like, labor is a, a limited resource here. Like, right. people can only work so many resource patches at a time. Uh, and yet, as your settlement grows, you're going to need to consume more energy to sort of sustain the generator and sustain the heat. Uh, so after a certain point, you might there might be more work to do than you have hands for. Right. And which is a moment like, where they like, yeah, we're going to turn on child labor. And he went back to the work screen. I was like, oh, you got a lot of extra workers. A lot. Like strong I feel argument. Uncom- uncomfortable now. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, speaking of uncomfortable, so he we've had a lot of that. He activated. Last hour and <laughs> uh, there was a health policy uh, thing. So basically, it was a choice between. Uh, ACA and Trump Care in some ways. Uh, okay. It was like, mm-hmm. on the one hand, you can treat people and like get them better and they won't die. And, you know, that's kind of like you take care of your, your workers. The other option is, you know, a sick worker, really, what good are they? And in this world, there actually is no cushion. That's the thing. Is like every single person has to be generating something for right. their activity. Yes, yes. Yeah, so... He activated radical medical care. Oh shit! Which I is like, this. oh yeah. So basically, there's a couple ways you can deal. With RMC. Some that's, of these like, that's the next, next step. Yeah. You can. Do, Aka doesn't work out. RMC's up next. Oh, no. You can do the safe treatment, which will keep someone from dying, but might leave them like on the disabled list. Or you can do the radical treatment, which probably will kill them. Aha! Uh-huh. But if it doesn't, then they are back to being a fully productive worker for your society. Now, where this where the tension gets introduced yes. is the bottom of the screen. There's two the screen. There's two bars. Okay. There's uh, hope and discontent, and the thing or the way he points out is your people need hope. Like they need to believe that this society isn't all there's going to be. Like, is there any like yeah? Is there any like I mean, there's not really a plot, but like, is there any sort of like yeah? There's is, a plot actually. Is, no, but I mean, like, is it like? This is going to pass. Like, like no, the, the Earth is going it's to, to figure out how to survive this. Okay. And the, the plot is basically you stumble onto this place and you have left behind half of your expedition. Okay. They're out there in the wind, in the wild somewhere. We need to get them back in. Which but it's not about like let's heat up the planet. Things are no, let's go to the beach. No. And in, in fact, like I mean, the arc based on the sh- screenshots that they showed at the later game is like 
build a really functional society in this crater in the snow. It's like gross until like right, it's like yeah. this big steampunk also, city. It looks so good. Like it looks so good. The snow recedes as the yeah. heat comes up on your on your society. The workers tracking through the snow like will wear deeper and deeper tracks into the snow so like you can tell what's like been a heavily worked research. I wish I liked city builders, but you'll like this one, I promise. Uh, no, um, just give it a chance. Okay, all it's, right. It's the dark soul of city builder. It's, well, yeah. it's okay then. If you just oh, say I'm that not, for every no, genre, then I'm, I'm like, not, I'm not, in, I'm not into no, those. Games. What would that game. even be? Well, like, I would want to build. Okay, what it would be is yes. the dark. Okay, the Dark Souls of City Builders would have like a fast forward button where you this don't. This get, got it. No, no, sorry. It's only you know most city builders have a fast forward. button. Yeah, I'm aware of that. I'm gonna go two times speed or eight times speed. Yeah, I think it's not a fast forward button where you get to decide how fast it is. It just jumps you some amount of time into the future. <laughs> after oh, your deal with the consequences. Like, right, it's over. Your society's going to go That's forward from amazing. here, and you come back to it, and wow. it's just like it's ruins, and you get to pick through the ruins. So you can we, can we, like, like, we delete this from the archive, and then like fucking actually it? make that game. I guess War Fortress sort of already is the so same. So you can be but, like. Oh shit, that's actually a great idea. So no, it's like, no. you're the mayor of Detroit, 1943. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Uh-huh. What an amazing city you built. It's Jump. the American city center. And then there's androids Ooh. everywhere in yeah. the future. And, it's, and then it's like anarchy, it's violence, violence or, or passive. <laughs> yeah, what happens? Anyway, anyway. So you have to maintain a certain level of hope. So people need to believe that like, okay. society's yep. not yep. always yep. going to be this hand to mouth, precarious existence. You also have to deal with discontent. And right. so each time you're sort of like, uh, you know, Imposing harsher circumstances on your people, discontent goes up. Right. It's right. going to blow up in your face. And it's not just that you're doing this from time to time. I mean, it partially is. There are there's a bar that fills that lets you decide a new law. Mm-hmm. But there are also moments where they'll say, "Yo, I broke my leg in the factory today. We have got to get a better healthcare system." And you can say, "Our oh, radical treatment, bad." The thing that he said before, yeah. bad. Uh, okay, yeah, you know we're going to take care of our people, or I'm not going to deal with this right now. Now, the other thing that happens from that sometimes is it's not just I want to put this law into place. It's, hey, it's going to get cold soon. We can't be this cold. And they'll make a demand. And they'll say, we want to have shelters. And there you can say, like, yes or not right now. And saying yes doesn't give them shelters. Saying yes makes the promise that you will give them shelters. And that raises hope a little bit because you've given them a promise. But you still have to deliver on the and promise. And if you don't, then you get a bigger. So it decrease. actually like introduces politics into yes. the equation, which like, and politics is different than policy. Politics is different than policy. That's not a wire quote, but it sounds like it could. Be. <laughs> my name is my name. Yeah, my name is my name. Politics is different than policy. That's but, interesting, though. That's yes. I. And I want to see if that's actually. I want to see how developed that gets. I want this game to have facts, political factions. Um, there was a screenshot that has like a buttons that are like t- or like, tabs and the, the kind of technologies you can build that include things like order, leisure, and faith, hmm. or technology and faith, something right, like that. Right. And like I want to see, I want to see how different Rob's city yeah. can be than mine because I played a lot of city builders and sometimes they funnel. Sometimes they funnel, and and that can be fun too because it can be fun to funnel. <laughs> It can be fun to funnel. Mm. It can be fun to, to kind of like work the paces and like figure out. Right, 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 right. Oh, this isn't the most efficient city uh, that works this but way. But you still sort of end up the same. As similarly, right. like I put. You have of, your own story along the way, but totally. But it's, the, the city is the city. The city is the city. The city is the city. My name is my name. And I want there to be a feeling that Rob City could be functionally different than mine. Not only because we make different choices, but because different elements put different pressure on us. Right. Um, we'll see. Yeah, that's 2018. No, that's no, that's later this year. That's, that's like late this, fall. this year, right? Probably. Actually, I talked to him. He was like, "Really want to think about late this fall? If it slips, it slips. 
Like, so it's one of those ones I'm like, yeah, give yourself some time. Like, I, I would love it to be out for, for... What if it came out next year because too many games? <laughs> yeah, what is that? That sounds okay. It still feels like there are too many. Like, there are too... I mean, like, the next two months, not too much coming out, but then it feels then like we, we hit, like, end of August. We hit it just, again. There are, like, three, like, 40-hour games that come out on, like, October... Tw- like, the same day in Shut October. Up. The same day as Mario Odyssey, I think Assassin's Creed Origins, and then there's a third game that comes out that day. I was not getting tired thinking about it. Yep. I also played Moonlighter at 11-bit. 11-bit is publishing Frostpunk. Yep. Um, then we, I'm not sure if that's a developer or a publisher, actually. I actually don't know if 11-bit is the dev or the publisher. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought they were a publisher. Okay. So I also saw Moonlighter, which is... Like a 2D Zelda top-down thing. The New Colossus. That's the third game. That's the third game. That's too many games. Too many games. Delay some shit. I've seen that tomorrow. Don't um, delay Mario, but delay, Mario. delay some other games. Yeah. Don't delay any of them. Ah, delay... Mm, maybe delay Assassin's Creed. Assassin's <laughs> Creed. Uh, so I also saw Moonlighter, which is a game that's... Like, it's a top-down uh, Zelda-y cartoonish game. Really nice art. Mm-hmm. Decent music. You explore procedurally generated dungeons. I've done this pitch for a different game. This is a different <laughs> I was just game. saying, like, it's all starting to blur I know, together. I know, I know, I know. This is Swords of Ditto was sort of similar. Mm-hmm. Swords of Ditto thing was it was generational. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, like, yeah. gimmick on this one is that it is about a shop. You're running a shop. So you go into the, you're a shop owner who decides they want to become an adventurer, but to become an adventurer, it's expensive. So you got to make some money by running okay. a shop. Right. And so you go in and, like, try to get some, some you know, you know uh, equipment to sell. Excuse me, or materials like you're. Oh, I found these crystals. Like, oh, I could power up my sword with these crystals, or I could sell them, and then you bring them back and put them up for sale, and then you don't know how much they're worth by default. So hmm. you're like, I guess it's worth like a hundred. I don't know. <laughs> and then there's this good system where like the characters who come in with different like uh, emoticons above their heads, basically, where like there's one where they're like, yo. <laughs> You under-fucking-sold this shit. Yeah, $100 for these crystals, dog shit. Got it. Peace. Got it. Exactly. And then the other side was like, no, fuck this. I'm out of here. This is too expensive. Mm. And there's two middle grounds that are like, oh, okay, yeah. And like, "Mm, I'll pay it, but I'm not happy about it. And there's a whole popularity system with like how often you're overselling things, if there's too much supply for a thing. And then there's this whole second thing, which is just that the dungeons are hard. And it costs... Once you're in, you're locked in. And... You have to spend money to teleport out, either with, like, it's like 300 gold to teleport out regularly, and if you do that, it changes the dungeon, Rogue Legacy style. Or you spend a 1,000 gold, and it will lock the dungeon in place, and you'll, you'll be able to get out and huh. um, sell stuff. And so there's just a lot of, like, risk-reward, like, trying to figure out, like, right. did I get in a hall here to, like, make it worth hitting that $1,000 thing, a 1,000 coin thing, to get out, get healed up, and what, or whatever. Like, okay, maybe I'll spend a 1,000 in front of the boss door. That way, I'm ready to go. Right. Um, or you have to spend the 300 and like do the whole run again and maybe make some extra money next time. Or don't spend any money. Maybe you right. got it. Maybe you can take the boss with only two health potions. And that was cool. So like, I, I, I like seeing these stuff at E3. Like, mm-hmm. It's a thing I like a lot of small games being shown at E3, even if it's in some back weird room. Like, right. I, I want to make sure we give those games the time too because yeah. it's so easy to just be like, well, I have to see Assassin's Creed Origins. Right. Stuff. Anything else? Or is that? Did we do it? Beyond Good and Evil 2, The Last Knight, yep. Cat in the Hijab, yep. Ashen, Artful Escape, yep. Frostpunk, yep. Moonlighter, Kingdom yep. Come, yep. two more. Tell me, Patrick, tell me about the mouse. Oh. Tell me about Peter Quill. <laughs> Star-Lord. Star-Lord. Quill is the name of the mouse. Uh, right? It's Quill? Yes, the name, the name is the Quill. The actual mouse is Quill. 
Um, yeah, it's uh, it was the the you know the the game the VR during the VR lineup at Sony's media conference. Um, Quill. Yeah, it's right here. Yeah, this is Quill. Oh, jeez. Oh, did you break Quill? I don't think I did. Oh my god. No, it goes Patrick. Out. Patrick. Danica's gonna be so upset. Yeah, so you broke her baby. Oh. He's just taking a no, nap. No, give me that. I'm gonna fix it. It's not. It just snaps in. I just, yeah, give it to me. I'm just afraid. Just, you don't touch okay, it all right. Tell me about this beautiful moss. mouse. Mouse. Mouse and moss. Uh, yeah, it was shown. You should uh, force it. I will force it. Don't worry. Keep talking. It was shown during Sony's media account. Fixed it. Okay. Keep talking. <laughs> Keep talking. It's... Tell me about Quill. I'll take those off. I'm not even going to look at you. <laughs> Take that thing off. <laughs> uh, so at the conference, I think people were confused over like the actual control scheme. It's a VR game. It's you a VR little, game. You don't play a little mouse. You play well. Well, wow. so yeah. So when you actually watch the trailer, um, it kind of the kind of seems like there's a cursor going across the yeah. screen, and you're act, interacting with things in the environment, which that's common for VR games, or maybe uh, you're just interacting with things around you, but not actually directly controlling a character. Right. Um, and they seem to acknowledge that maybe their trailer had been confusing um, and mostly, mostly sold in aesthetic as opposed to actually what's happening in the gameplay. So yeah. you are controlling Peter the mouse. Quill. I would yeah. said Peter Quill. It's fine. Okay. Uh, so you are controlling Quill um, with the analog stick and okay. he can jump and he can uh, pull out so a sword. So what was that big weird thing that it was from? You're that too. The VR, the, the, the VR like screen is that character. So you're playing two cool. characters at once. So you are controlling like Quill. Brothers. Yes, but not nearly as confusing. Okay. Uh, so you're you're controlling Quill with the left analog stick. You can jump. You can uh, uh, you can you know pull out a sword. But then uh, the dual analog stick, and I don't. I presume also the you know the PlayStation Move if you wanted to use that. I'm, no, I didn't. Good. I wasn't completely sure on that. But like so. Uh, there are things in the environment, and so like when you see that like that blue orb that was yeah. going around the trailer, that is you moving the controller, oh. and the controller can interact with certain things in the environment. Cool. And then you have to hold down L two and R two and like physically move nice. okay. uh, the object. So um, you might see like a you know a stone that like you have to move out of the way. So you have to go, you have to lean in with, you, with yourself with the VR uh, cool. set. Pick it up, move it out of the way, and then you can move Quill with the analog stick to let him okay. jump over it. That makes sense because there was there was certain feedback in the trailer that was like Quill was swinging and hitting an enemy, and the enemy flashed white, and I was like, "Yep, that's only for if you were playing and hitting." Yes, thing. you get feedback yes. that you hit it. So yeah, and so you have these these cool moments where you're you're moving Quill around, and then you are interacting with uh, like it works a lot in perspective. So it's like you'll have like this spire. And it's, you know, it's in the wrong direction. So you're, like, moving the spire so, like, Quill can get on one side and moving the spire so uh, Quill can get on the other side. And one of the things they were talking about was that the game was built from the ground up uh, for VR because mm -hmm. um, the lead art director and one of the main designers uh, worked at Bungie for, like, seven years. Oh, wow. They worked on, like, ODST, Reach, uh, most of Destiny. The art director worked through Taken King. Um, and then... Wasn't fed up with Bungie, just yeah, wanted, was, thought it. VR was interesting. It was like, I wanted to learn how to make games in VR. And like, they're, the way they started was, okay, let's play all a bunch of these VR prototypes. Let's like see what works. And what they found worked was like small scale environments in which you can get very close and in, de in detail. Sure. Not like a large 3D environment in which you're 
running around with dual analog sticks and like looking and moving or you're uh, pointing it somewhere and transporting. It's like a diorama. It's like something small, highly detailed right, right in front of you in which like there is enjoyment in putting your head forward. There is right, enjoyment right. in uh, moving the controller around and everything in the environment reacts. If you put your controller in the water, the water like reacts to that. If you put your head into like the leaves, the leaves like oh, brush around. Cool. And so like there's an, uh, a lot of details like that. And be once they found out the perspective and scale, they realized we can't have a tall character. So we need a small character. And so, like, what kind of small characters can we have? And the, for one of the first uh, suggestions was this little mouse. And, like, right. that just stuck. It's, like, a little mouse uh, in this, like, small environment. But then you as this sort of, That's like, cool kind of, like, spirited away looking character. Yeah. And you are in the game opens with you are called a reader. And you're in a library. You open a book. And then as this sort of, like spiritual godlike character like mm -hmm. when you open the book you participate in the story and but the the quill the the mouse he's never been you you've never been part of his story before Ooh. like this book exists that's really cool but like this is the first time that oh, you have really existed cool. with quill and he's and like he's scared like this he's never There's seen this band. giant creature Who's here in front of them what is this and one of the things they said was that uh, VR is, ex is extremely good that. at heightening emotions. Um, mm -hmm. So horror games work very good in VR because you are confronted with a screen in front of yeah. you. You are not. It is difficult to like grab someone's hand. It's difficult right. to look away from a screen. And uh, the hope of VR, one of the hopes of VR, is that if you, if, there, if there is a spectrum of emotions that can be heightened by a screen in front of you, maybe that's also empathy. Right. And so one of the things they're working on is that Quill as a character. When he is scared, when he is excited, he looks at you. Right. And it is different to be on a flat screen and have a character look at you. Well, that already then, just, then, like, never happens that... Because it doesn't make any way. sense, because where is the character looking? Right, exactly. But when the character reacts, um, the animation reacts to you looking at Quill. So if Quill is scared and you're looking at Quill... Cool. Will then look at you and like explain that he's scared. Oh, if this mouse fucking dies, I'm gonna at the fucking end of this game. leave. I'm quitting Waypoint. I, <laughs> if that mouse dies, and I, and I I don't I don't think so. Like they they talk and they talk about the relationship between you and the mouse is that um, you're making him uh, you're giving him courage, and then also he's encouraging you to do certain things, right? Like so, like you're saying like. You shouldn't go across that bridge, but then he's saying like, "Yo, let's go Yo, across that bridge." And like, there's a relationship. Exact choices. And, and, and one of the things was uh, at the end, the demo ends. Uh, I think it was actually in the trailer. Like, there's like a snake that appears at some point, like okay. a, like a really big snake. Yes, I remember. Um, and they're going for like a uh, Jim Henson, Dark Crystal, Secret of Nim sort of like '80s kids movies where it's. It's it's friendly, it's exciting, but also like when it gets scary, like it gets scary. And when uh, I laugh because this is the, the note I'll leave it on. It was like when I saw the uh, the giant snake, I said, "I hope there aren't spiders." I'm like, I'm not arachnophobic, but like fuck spiders, yeah, like yeah, not yeah, like yeah, fuck yeah. spiders. Like I realize they're important to the environment. Oh, okay. Not I thought you meant the other way too. Like no, I'm just saying like I don't want to smash a. Wow. Ah! I don't want to cr crush a spider underneath my foot because... I'm not judging you about whatever you're into. That's totally fine. Don't I'm not king shame spider you. shame me. Yeah, like you want to crush something on your foot. You I do don't it. want to. I'm just... Anyway, they have one of their the main people on the team is actually arachnophobic. And they said they tried to put, like, 
spiderwebs in the game and they said it was too weird in there for no. VR. So they said no spiders confirmed. And I was Good. Like, great. Yes. Great. Other but, weird creatures, but no spiders. I'm already living in this reality where I'm just like in my VR helmet and just being like, get up, Quill. Get up. No. Like, I can't handle <laughs> no. this. Like, this is like, no. It's extremely cute, extremely charming, uh, and was a. When I I played a little bit of Star Child, um, which is also a game shown at the mm-hmm. PlayStation conference, which was a, uh, a all it was shown was like it's a big robot and it's a two D you know a, a side scrolling game. We played that Tiny Tracks game and I played Moss. And one thing one of my takeaways was that giant three D spaces can work in VR. It's fine. Mm-hmm. That's a, what's one approach. But also tiny little intricate, con- intricate controlled spaces yeah. in which the character moves from left to right. Um, and that the the, uh, the designers have more authorship over what you're seeing, but that you are controlling that with a controller. But then you can also like zoom in and look around. That's a different approach, and also I find to be very interesting. So that sounds really good. Note from the chat: Quill is a lady mouse. Oh, like like that hit Lil Wayne song, Lady Mouse. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. We got one more, and we're gonna end it. Yep. Dave Lang's Iron Galaxy. <laughs> Extinction. Extinction. Big Troll Killing? Big Troll Killing. We actually watched a trailer for that yeah, last I, night. I thought it would be a completely different thing. Your original um, uh, pitch, do you want to explain your original pitch on it? Your sarcastic pitch to the Annika? What was my sarcastic? Oh, was like, it was, what, what if someone who had never seen anime had to make an Attack on Titan game? Yep. And then we watched the gameplay trailer, like, yeah. and it actually looks kind of it interesting. It looks all right. Uh, so, yeah, it's one of Iron Galaxy's first, like, original games. Like, mm-hmm. they have previously, I mean, is Reketeer an original game? Like, I mean, like, creatively original? Wow. Or, like, Boombox, you mean? Yeah, Boombox. Boombox. But, like, Dykek. Dykek. Dykek was sort of original. Yeah. It, well, but it was an adaptation of, like, a Flash game, right? Oh, right. True. So, what else creativity is a spectrum. Killer Instinct, season two. Mm-hmm. What's Dave Lang? When was the last time Dave Lang was creative? We might have to ask him that this week. And you know what? It was a creative choice to wear that jacket we saw him wearing. We did. Day. It was a good jacket. It was a good jacket. Didn't fit him because, like, you're not that professional. He's a big dude. He's, He's a tall dude. He's a big dude. We know. Other creative choices. To not show up for my appointment. That was very creative. Big time. Big time, dude. He did send me, like, a... Tell me about Extinction. <laughs> what did he send Oh, also... I made. I'd forgotten I'd done this, but when I scheduled this meeting for you, I didn't. Let's, didn't well, let's go over the arc of this, which okay. is that we got. Uh, no, we have to go way back for the yes, whole arc. A couple of weeks, but so we get. No, 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 no. We have to go all the way back. What do you to, mean? You just joined Waypoint. Yes. And they had announced. Oh, yes. They announced that Adam Boys was uh, going to join Iron Galaxy. Yes. And I got an email that said, "Hey, uh, would you like to interview Adam and Dave?" Like. About yeah, that was the somebody fact else that, too because there was a third person yes, who, not who became like a CEO. Yeah, she was very um, important. She took over very important. But it was like, role. hey, we're a trio. We're starting to do original development. Like, would you like to interview the three of them? And I was like, no, because I know Adam and I know Dave. Like, I don't actually know if I could successfully interview them. Right. Like, I was just like, I just who's know that for? Like, yeah, what's that? like if, if I'm going to do that interview, my audience would be like, hey, joke around. It's like I just I was yeah. like, I pass. Like I'm okay. And then. Like, I heard through the, the grapevine, like, Dave was sad. Like, I didn't you take that You said no interview. to his interview. I said no. And, and he was so like, why wouldn't Patrick with, want to interview There's been me? tension. There was tension. So that was, like, simmered in the background. That's, like, a year ago. And then uh, we get this invite. It's like, hey, Iron Galaxy is showing, like, a mysterious new game in E3. And, I'm like, our schedule was filling up. And I was like, hey, I guess Dave, like, let's go see his game. Like, I have no idea what that is. But 
it'll be fun. You and I go, and it'll be fine. Uh, and then we get a note. And then we get a. I, well, I text him. I, like, I said, "I was like, hey, we were trying to figure out what this game was. Okay. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. impressed, yeah. folks. Yep. We were like, yo, just tell me what, what this game is. is. We've heard rumors about this. Yep. We've heard rumors about that. What is it? Yeah, and he like, you know, gave me a little like sense of what it was, and then was like, but I'm not gonna be there. I was like, what do you mean you're not going to be there? What do you not mean you're going to be there? And then so I let it simmer, but we'd already booked it. I like canceling appointments. Not with someone who, yeah, we know him. He, well, not even that, but just like, that's mean for... I, yeah, I said I'd go see, see the game. game. I, I said I'd go, go see, see the game. game. You're right. People other than Dave Lang worked on that game. Right, lots nice of people. Nice people, and I don't know, like, great studio. They like, love Attack on yes. Titan and hate anime for some reason. I don't know. Maybe those are my people. Wow. Maybe those are... So... So anyway, at some so I, point, so we're I in a line to go to see, we're in to go see Sony, and I like, didn't know that Dave Lang wouldn't be there when I programmed this into our schedules, yes. and so I just got a notification that said 3 p.m. Dave Lang's house. <laughs> like what? Why do I have to be at Dave Lang's house? Don't go to Dave Lang's house. That's in Chicago, probably. <laughs> you went to Salt Station, not at Dave Lang's house. I did, yeah, no, it's Concourse 304C. Okay, how was it? It looks cool. It's like, a 3D action. Game? Yeah. Wave-based? Like, is it, it wave-based? No. Well, so it, they have a campaign, which they're not showing yet, but okay. also wave-based. But, like, the the general sense, like, you're trying to save the civilians in, like, an, an Attack on Titan-type town. Where, like, they're a giant... Yeah. In, in this case, it's it's orcs. Huge, like, city-filling orcs. Yeah. And uh, they're coming in... So there is a wave-based mode, but the, the mode I was saying was uh, not that. Okay. But you're dealing with one orc at a time, and they're, like, going to a different part of the map. <laughs> um, and you are specifically working on... Like, micro stuff, which is, like, civilians with, like, little enemies. And then the macro stuff is, like, these giant orcs. And when you find the orcs, like, depending on the orc that arrives, you are trying to take off different parts of their armor so you can take off different parts of their body. But you also have the choice to skip doing... Ultimately, they die if you chop off their head. And you can uh, jump to uh, chopping off their head immediately. But that requires, like, certain gymnastics to, like, scale the body. Like, the reason that you are taking off different parts of their body is just to make it easier. Because, like, a person with no legs and no arms, it's easier to kill them in the head. But you can immediately just start scaling them on different parts um, and just immediately go for the headshot. And then that allows you to, like, you know, let's say you're behind in objectives. It's like, okay, with this guy... objectives? Yeah, like, there are towers that you're trying to save. Are you the only person fighting? Yes. Okay. There's no co-op. There's no multiplayer. It's just you trying to save this city. Yeah. And, like, the the ch- uh, chopping mechanics, I'm not sure what you would call that. Like, it looks cool. And, like, okay. jumping around and the actual, like, mechanic. Like, I love game. Like, I'm a big platformer guy. So, like, climbing things, there is, like, a certain, not quite buying a commando, but, like, the ability to, like, swing from things. Like, I love swinging mechanics. Oh, you can swing. Yeah. Like, there's ability to, like, kind of, like, latch onto stuff. Sure. And that swings you around. And, like, you can jump on one of the orcs back. And then hopefully, like, chop off its necklace and, like, cut off its head. Right. It seems interesting and promising as far as Dave Lane can take a thing like that. So, you know, we'll see. I'm curious yeah. about it. Yeah. Was it with PC? Uh, I think it's, there's a console, but it's definitely PC. Okay. I'm not super specific on the other stuff. I think that's it. I think that's all yeah. the games that there were today. No more E3, right? We go home. No, I have more tomorrow. In fact, if you have questions about what we have tomorrow, I, didn't I have that. a lot of appointments tomorrow. Yeah, we. I fucked you up tomorrow. Yeah, I was like, yo, what? There's like an hour today where I was like, I should just leave and should go to left. a bar, which I did do. All right, I'm gonna see tomorrow. First of all, right out the gate, production. You listen to this. I'm gonna interview. Reggie, via me. Yeah, we're going to say his name for real this time. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying. We're, Reggie. We're saying some other things earlier. 
We were. Phil. Oh, I got you right. Yep. Yes, I've forgotten already. You're seeing Capcom stuff. I hope you see Monster Hunter. Yes, they have a presentation um, that like is a, a deep walkthrough on Monster Hunter World, which I'm actually super excited yes. to see now. Yes. Um, me too. I'm not going to see it, but I want you to see it and yep. tell me about it. I'm going to see Life is Strange. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious about that. Rob, do you know what you are seeing? You're seeing a 3DS thing tomorrow. Yes. Metroid. Oh, it's Metroid. Yeah. That's an- exciting. Another Samus or Return of Samus. Yeah. Well, I honestly don't really know. So, I, yeah, I watched the trailer, Rob. but I want to see yes. what happens with Rob. I'm going to see Bethesda, which means I'm going to see New Colossus. And Evil Within. And Evil Within. You're yeah. right. Uh, I'm going to see Crackdown tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I saw Ages of Mayhem yesterday. I'm really kind of curious how those two games like hang with each other. Because I could use... I'm curious what your demo is. If it is just what I played... Right. There won't be much to say. No. But if but... I'm, I'm hoping maybe you'll see some of the multiplayer... Right. Austin's going to get back here and like, I brought down all the... All, all the... <laughs> there are no more buildings. There are no more left. No more capitalism. It's not, even in the, it's not even in the game anymore. I brought down all the buildings. The <laughs> feature is gone. Like, there's no more game. Uh, Rob and Danica are going to Bandai Namco. We'll yep. probably see Project Cars. You'll probably see... The the Nino Kuni two. Yep. Some other cool Ace Combat Seven. Go see those planes. I'm um, gonna go see Battle Chasers. Battle Chasers. Which I'm it's, very it's like excited. Battle about. Chasers Night something Night Night War. War Night War. That game's cool. I saw that game during Judges. It's League. from X uh, Darksiders folks. I like I Darksiders a lot, and now they're working on like their closest thing to a JRPG. Right. And I think you're seeing maybe Forza. There's a mysterious Xbox game. It probably is Forza. Probably Forza. Rob saw Forza. What did you think of Forza? I like it was Forza. Like I mean, right? It, the, the, talk about this is a genre where the law of diminishing returns is pretty firmly in effect. Okay. But if you can see Forza in one of the giant like hydraulic like power chairs with force feedback, everything. That's how you should avail yourself of that opportunity. Did the interview go up? I'm checking. I'm going to check <laughs> it's it out. So hey, it did. Hey. Hey, Xbox head Phil Spencer talks Xbox One uh, X and first-party exclusives Waypoint at E3 2017. That's live now on our YouTube page. You can see all sorts of stuff on our YouTube page. Watch me get owned. You watch Patrick. Patrick gets fucking dragged. I don't know if it came through in the interview. But yeah, I haven't seen the completed screen. one. Yes, screaming. 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 When Patrick, when Phil Spencer stands up and just drags Patrick Kleppick, just drags him. I mean, yeah, it was like, great. It made me, it made me think. I should think about my tweets more often. Yeah, no, <laughs> people are watching. You can also find on there. We talked about the Volvers games. We yep. talked, uh, I, the, I don't know if the Sony one is up yet, but that'll be up in the next day or two. We yep. also had a talk today about. Some yeah, there's Sony a lot games. of games that have like you're curious what we thought. Yes, it's, someone asked us about Rabbids. We talked about Rab- Rabbids versus Mario's. Yes, or whatever. But also like, yeah, State of Decay, Days Gone, like those happen on video, those will be coming YouTube, up soon. YouTube.com yeah. slash Waypoint Vice, otherwise you can go to waypoint.vice.com and kind of find everything that we yep. do there. I think it's going to do it for us for day two slash five, depending and on... Well, we, we still got to... Mm. Fuck, you're right. Speaking of Dave Lang, yeah. I don't think he'll be there today. He'll no, tomorrow. tomorrow probably. Mm. Patrick and I are going to go across town. Patrick and I are going to go in that other room. We need some food. We need some goddamn banh mi. You know banh, that's you know banh yeah, I know what banh me is. Do they have that in Chicago? I mean, yeah. They put, I, don't know, I don't know if it's good. Yeah, you put relish and mustard, yeah. ketchup, the deep dish banh mi. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it, you know what? Side note. Speaking of that, uh, when we were at the Sony, uh, like the hands-on thing, yeah, yeah. and there were little hot dogs, yeah. and then I went to go get one, yes. and then I grabbed one, and because I'm an asshole, I just put ketchup on it. Why is that an asshole? I do that. Oh, uh. What the fuck? 
But I, I, I commented to him and I was like, oh, if anyone from Chicago could see me. And then a guy next to us goes like, well, I wasn't going to say anything. Wow. But like, <laughs> God damn. Dragged again. I know. Dragged that clapping. Hot dog with the ketchup. We're going to Jive Bomb tonight. Get we're going to eat that bomb me. We're going to get into a plane. Bomb me. Bon, bomb, bomb me. me. What I say? Bomb me. No, I exactly. bomb me and then bomb me. And then we're done. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's go. Let's just do it. But I don't know what's happening. He wants me to stand here. Eunice oh. is Oh, here. yeah. Say okay. hi to Eunice, everybody. Say hi and bye. Say hi and bye to Eunice. Eunice is like... Single-handedly responsible for a seventy-two-hour launch. Yeah, like whatever we did on camera, like pale the comparison to behind-the-scenes stuff. For real, there would be no Waypoint without Eunice, uh, and Eunice is is our last day here at at Waypoint. So, good luck, Eunice. We oh, loved having you here. It was really great. Oh, Eunice is great. Thanks, Austin. Good luck, thanks, guys. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. We'll day see you tomorrow. Two. We will see you tomorrow with yes. more stuff. Coming to you live at Twitch.tv/Waypoint. Peace. Oh, 